Welcome to Freaks and Creeks, the Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective week to week and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I am James. And before we get started with the episode, let's jump into some Capeside correspondence. Capeside correspondence. <laughs> well, we just wanted to give a shout out to friend of the show, Heather, for her very sweet review on Apple Podcasts, where she stated, I didn't need to watch Dawson's Creek. I didn't especially want to watch Dawson's Creek. But now I look forward to watching an episode every dang week so I can tune in. Who have I become? Heather, I ask myself <laughs> that question every single day as well. Also, uh, James, I thought this would be fun for you to hear. So Heather uh, is in town. She lives on the East Coast with her oh, partner, fun. but they're in town and we hung out with them last night and she wanted to let us know <laughs> that uh, her and her partner have not stopped playing uh, Super Auto Pets ever oh, since you mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. Her partner Pitt was like, yeah, I played on the plane for six straight hours. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we got to play. I suck really bad, but I would love to get my ass beat by you guys. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Thanks for picking up my recommendation. We talked about that in my work i have one of my coworkers, and we talk about super auto pets probably at least once a week um, <laughs> it's a great game if if you haven't uh picked it up yet pick it up now also just want to do a general shout out to some some friends who have reached out and said that they're listening and they're having a blast listening and they just like are having a good time and i i love that we have friends that um are listening with with us and um enjoying it and it makes me really happy and warms my heart and i appreciate everyone's support totally thanks friends (laughs) also if you're not our friends and you're listening to us holy cow yeah we love you and thank you for the support yeah i mean i guess (laughs) (laughs) okay see ya (laughs) never mind fuck off (laughs) just kidding we love you too and in fact you could be our friends if you'd like you just have to find us on Facebook. That's, that's the oh, way to Facebook? become official friends these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send me a friend What's request. Facebook? Yeah, it's 2008. And send us an invite on Facebook. Uh, well, this week we are talking about season one, episode nine, Road Trip, which is also known as In the Company of Men. This episode was released on March 17th, 1998. And a brief synopsis is Jen's old boyfriend takes Dawson and Pacey to a nightclub. Upon finding herself the subject of some nasty rumors... Joey Strikes Back. The episode was written by Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 and directed <laughs> by Stephen Robman. And this episode really has just about everything. It has some hilarious teenage antics. I loved everything that we got to see from Pacey and Dawson and Billy on the road. An action sequence, which I'm pretty sure was in a James Bond film when they uh, when they hooked that the anchor up to the, the truck and, and mooned him before driving away. <laughs> classic, classic Bond move. Bo- classic <laughs> Bond move. Super awkward kissing, a, a fantasy that I think only da- Dawson and maybe Cody have had where they just get to talk about how much they love movies with a woman who also just wants to talk about how much they love movies and arguably the worst ending of any episode so far. This, the end of this episode sucks so bad. <laughs> what did you guys think of this week's watch? How did it treat you all? Um, I had mixed feelings. Like part of me thought it was kind of dull. Um but I thought there were some really awesome parts to it. I liked seeing like the different friendships kind of blossom. I don't know if that's the word I want to use, but just like, I don't know, we got to see them interact with their friendships more and that was fun. And yeah, there were some highs and lows. Definitely some highs and lows in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had the same, had the same thought on it. It was kind of like meh for the most part, but 
there were a lot of good um, friendship development moments. It was nice, also nice to see Jen and Joey stand up for themselves in several different situations um, throughout the episode. Um, and it was fun to see, hear some on the nose comments about Dawson's obsession with Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Yep. Check yourself. Um, Dawson. and then we got bookended by Savage Garden. So yeah. that was great. <laughs> How'd it treat you, Cody? Yeah. I like, there's some good and there's some bad. Like I like that Dawson was challenged this episode and he actually grew and did something that he's not typically uh, fond of doing and uh, doing action verbs, as Pacey would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I feel like this is the first time where I was actually paying attention a little bit more to the cinematography, and I thought it was shot really well. Yeah. yeah. Like, they were a lot of, doing a lot of interesting things with the camera, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I really like that. Uh, things I didn't like, uh, the A story being about uh, the boys getting laid, baby, yep. it reminded me of Leonardo DiCaprio's Pussy Posse from the 90s. <laughs> Uh, with Tobey Maguire and David Blaine. Oh, everyone's looking at me like I'm insane. No, that's a real life thing. Yes, like in the 90s, um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, self-proclaimed their friend group, the Pussy Posse, and they would go to parties and do drugs and try to fuck as many people as possible. That's weird because that's what I call us. I know. (laughs) That was originally the podcast title, which is insane. Uh, yeah, but it was like, wow. but the, my favorite part about the Pussy Posse is Toby Maguire's a part of it. The, like, oh I don't know gosh. anything about him besides like what I know about him Spider-Man? in like, Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> so I just imagine like gentle Peter Parker being like, yeah, I'm trying to get some pussy. Uh, they no. must have played poker together too because I think he was oh. he's a poker player. Oh, okay. Yeah. In that gambling movie, is that what uh, makes you say that? Well, the book, the, well, the uh, Molly's Game. Yes. Oh, yeah. I believe oh. he, I believe to- Toby McGuire was in that group. Interesting. Wow. So funny. I read the book, but yeah, I think he was. I think he was one of them. Interesting. So, and I think Leo also a poker player. So I. That's. But David Blaine was a part interesting. of interesting. Yeah, David yeah. Blaine. Oh yeah. You're probably wondering what you're doing at this party. You don't know what's going to go on, but I'm going to make <laughs> those panties disappear. Ew. Watch yeah, me know stick this knife through my hand. <laughs> I love wow. his delivery. It's so funny. Now? Uh, and yes, I do. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, listeners, uh, just Google Leonardo DiCaprio Pussy Party and you are going to have a different opinion about that, man. Um, I also, like like you said, Mal, like I really like Jen and Joey teaming up and like, you know, girl power, like fuck these guys stuff. God damn it. They just had to pit them against each other again. I know. That that was my biggest turnoff of this Mm -hmm. episode, just besides the pussy posse stuff. It was just like, why the fuck are we still putting these women against each other, especially because in detention, it seemed like that kind of like, yeah, Yeah. that was beginning to, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. The, I yeah, I just, yeah, they, they've got to keep that little tension in there. So, you know, yeah, I thought this episode, I agree with everything that y'all are saying. It, it was a episode that I didn't particularly enjoy for most of it. It was pretty boring for, for most of the episode. I felt like, there were, we have 29 scenes in our rundown for this episode. And I would say that's about 25 too many. There are so many <laughs> scenes where it's just like, why, why is this here? Is nothing happens. There's, there, you know, there, there's so much just filler space in this episode. And I feel like it's kind of an example of two half-baked plots that they just like mash together. After the writer's r- room, like got through storyboarding some things, they had two things where they're like, well, uh, Joey's caught in a rumor about being pregnant and Billy takes Dawson and Pacey on a, on a, on a guy's trip and they couldn't build both of those out into full episodes. They're like, fuck it. These are close enough. Let's put them together. Yeah. It felt like a spacer between, you know, what's yeah. happening with 
Dawson and Jen and like, yeah, they probably will get back together. So what are we doing between that? (laughs) You know, I did enjoy moments of it, though. There were some really fun moments. I really liked the whole fairy sequence and the travel sequence from Cape Side to Providence. I liked I did like the like high school drama with Jen and Joey. I thought that was fun. It was fun to get to see different uh, sides and aspects of these characters, to your point, Stella. But yeah, kind of a it was an interesting episode. I walk away with such different feelings than like recollecting it than I did watching it. Uh, But yeah, it was kind of like unforgettable. I mean, forgettable, forgettable. Sorry. It's unforgettable. Unforgettable. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I like couldn't remember, like we watched it early on, like after we recorded the last one and then I didn't watch it for a long time. And I was like, I could not tell you what happened in that episode. Same. We, we did, I had the same kind of experience where I watched it and, and wrote a bunch of notes on my watch. And then when we went to rewatch it somewhat recently, I was like, what happens in this episode? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my notes, I'm like, oh, that's what happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it just kind of went in my eyes and then out my butt. But yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, all, all these are like, these are valid criticisms and I share that criticism too, because it's like, it's pretty empty, but it's kind of what I like about this era of TV too. Like we've said a million times, like they had a lot of time to fill. Like they, so many Mm -hmm. episodes. I mean, yeah, this is only a 13 episode season, I think, but the later ones are like 24 episodes and we're going to get a lot of these where it's just like, all right, what's the premise for this one? Okay. Let's talk about sex. Okay. How can we do that for a little bit? Uh, okay. It's stretched in whatever. Bye. Okay. On to the next one. And this like it shows. So Yeah. yeah, yeah. Easy breezy. Beautiful cover girl. <laughs> well, shall we dive into this one? Get into it. Oh, I, I am just particularly excited to hear about your vampire lore this episode oh. because there were a couple instances where a certain character was rapping at a door to be allowed in and would oh. not come in until they were given permission. Interesting. Hmm. 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 And there are certain creatures of the night <laughs> that have to be allowed in. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your takes on this because I, <laughs> I'll be honest, I walked away with this one with just a few. That was actually one of my minuses on this episode is mm. I didn't see that. I didn't feel like mm. there was enough confirmation of my supernatural uh, predilections. So mm. maybe you will help turn the tides for me on this episode <laughs> and it'll become one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Listeners, if this is your first episode, <laughs> go back, go yeah. back to episode one because we've been building on some lore that you've probably have never paid attention to. Yeah. That is extremely important. It's like the man that's hiding in the bushes in the back of the dollar bill, you know, like you don't know, go pull oh. out a dollar bill. Look on the back of it. There's a man hiding in the bushes and there's a lot of stories about what he could be <laughs> I'm gonna doing. I'm going to pull one out later and see. Yeah, you'll see. And that's exactly what I'm getting at with, with Dawson's Creek. There are vampires hiding in the bushes of Cape Side <laughs> and other supernatural beings and you just haven't paid attention until we have pulled the wool from your eyes. Mostly Mal and Stella, if I'm honest, they really drive this theory the most. <laughs> yeah, it's obnoxious. Stella will shake me in the middle of the night to be like, I just thought of something. Vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Very frightening. <laughs> we open with an emotionally crushed Dawson grieving the loss of his relationship with Jen to the tune of Savage Gardens, truly madly deeply, spilling his guts to Joey that she has rejected everything that he believes represents him. Joey isn't having it and tries to switch gears to watch a movie. And when she turns the TV on, it automatically plays Dawson's footage from (laughs) Jen from the now forgotten monster movie, making him even more sad. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this actually the footage from the opening? Yes, you are correct. Of Dawson's Creek. Yeah. 
Um, so I love that detail. Third it's, time we've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they never stop reusing it. Why, <laughs> why is this the what was in Dawson's VHS? I mean, I think we know why this is well, in VHS. Be, in because his VHS he's been player. watching her. He's been watching her. I don't think he's just been I, watching her, if you know what I'm... Yeah, maybe, maybe. I thought the, the intro shot was interesting. You know, we're seeing him framed. The, the, the window frame, Dawson's in the frame, and then uh, Joey's in the background. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, in a way, it felt like we were like spying on them for, it's the first like 35 seconds that we're actually seeing the frame, not, mm-hmm. we're not in the room yet. So I thought that was interesting. And the end too, it pulled, oh no. Yeah. That's oh, well, that is at the, the very episode. end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like, and also you see Dawson spying in on Jen, or it's like da- Dawson's watching Jen. So this yeah. is kind of almost what Jen would see if she were looking in, mm. you know, so I thought that was an interesting setup for the scene. And us as the audience, we yeah. are the ones that are spying on these characters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is a good framing device. Mm-hmm. I noticed, uh, jumping ahead just a little bit in the scene, when when Joey is sitting in the director's chair next to the bed, mm-hmm. there's also Dawson's director's chair behind Joey. Did you guys catch yes. that? There's two director's chairs oh in God. his room. One specifically for Dawson name. over her right, over her left hand shoulder, the the hmm. TV's right hand side, and then there's the chair that she is in. So. Hmm. Now, hmm. I don't know what that means, but it's got to mean something. <laughs> probably that vampires are real. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is her first <laughs> probably. Uh, point of evidence. <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone else noticed the E.T. doll yes. that is usually like, I think on his bed yeah. was on his computer maybe. Well, he has a couple. So I yeah. think that there's sometimes, I think that was another one on his computer Great. and he picks it up for a second mm. during when they're talking, like as if it's like comforting him. Did you notice? I that? did not. Oh yeah. Mm. There's a second where he's like holding it. <laughs> Yeah, that's fun. Um, but I I didn't notice it on his bed, so I was like wondering okay. if it was a different... Because I have noticed a couple, mm-hmm. so I wasn't sure, but I feel like I want to start tracking yeah. the E.T. dolls. Start, yes, start tracking it, definitely. By the end of the series, he's going to be a full character that's just walking around <laughs> Cape Side. He's got like a bag of E.T. dolls. <laughs> it's like the log lady from Twin Peaks, but yeah. there's E.T. man. He's just like, my E.T. has something to tell you. <laughs> He's got like one for different like scenarios, like party ET. <laughs> I wonder if he has to like when he masturbates to the Ew. gen footage. I wonder if he turns the ET yeah. away because Don't of look. the shame. Yeah, you can't see this, Elliot. No, 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 no. Shh, shh, shh. It's like his own elf on a shelf. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah. Also, the fact that uh, he wants to watch Sid and Nancy, yeah, which is interesting because yeah. Sid Vicious murdered his girlfriend. So yeah, that was. Is this the first time that we don't actually see them watching a movie? Yeah. They don't boot, I mean, they boot up the right. the opening credits, and they but they don't actually watch a movie. Mm-hmm. They reference one, but. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. No, there's, there's episodes that we've seen where they're just watching monster footage, isn't there? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like nondescript. Right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. We still saw the screen with Jen, so we, yeah. We, mm-hmm. It's grotesque. Can't believe he's watching that. Yeah, it feels I really that. it feels really gross. And I for one just love that Joey is calling him out in this moment. Like she's constantly calling Dawson out. I think that that is basically her role in the show right now, but being so upfront with him like how are you this heartbroken when you just met this person? You know, you don't even you still don't know who she is mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he is moping so aggressively. So, I love I love that Joey is trying to call Dawson on his shit as much as possible because somebody needs to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, 
uh, be silly of us to not talk about how this is laying out the theme of Dawson yes. saying that this, she rejected everything that I am. So obviously yes. this episode is him mm-hmm. being like, I'm going to try something different. Yes. Yeah. See where that goes. So, yeah. It certainly uh, works. He's learning. <laughs> He's not just a robot. <laughs> He's not just a robot. He proved it. As our ears are graced by the sounds of touch, peel, and stand by Days of the New, human pig fart and XBF of Jen, <laughs> Billy, climbs through Jen's window, investigating her room like a 70s serial killer before popping onto her bed. Grams and Jen are startled by his presence, and Billy lets us know that he's sticking around town and wants to get back with Jen, to which she shuts him down, proclaiming that she is no longer weak and vulnerable. Okay, so did Billy take Joey's ladder? Yes, that's yeah, what I was asking. It, it has to be Joey's ladder. I was like, where did this ladder come from? Did he just take it from Dawson's house. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of him like, just taking it off. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept thinking like the only thing that would have made the end of this uh, this scene better is if Joey like came and took it back yeah. and he yeah. had to then climb out of the window down the house to get out of <laughs> Jen's room. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it was I was confused. It took me a moment to be like does he just have a ladder in his truck? Did he like Oh, no, of course. He's his, probably like, Joey's neighbor. I love the analog <laughs> of like, you know, Joey climbs in Dawson's window. So Billy's climbing in Jen's window. This is like the shadow universe. It's the it's the bizarro <laughs> world. Um, there are a couple of really funny moments in this in this scene. I copped a couple uh, audio clips and I took a screenshot, which I'll, I'll either we'll put post on our social media. But it's the it's the moment when Graham sees Billy in <laughs> in Jen's bed and Billy's expression is like, you're not Jen. <laughs> um, but this is the moment when uh, when Grams finds Billy in, in Jen's bed. Jennifer, would you come up here now, please, and bring the telephone? <laughs> and you would be. Quite comfortable, thanks. I want a name. Billy. 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 Oh, I've heard about you. <laughs> I'm shocked that she didn't have a stronger reaction to Billy laying in Jen's bed, like to mm. a random, you know, man, like in <laughs> her house. Yeah. yeah you did. She didn't like jump and, you know, huh, like. <laughs> Grams is not cool as a cucumber no. as uh, this episode makes her out to be. Because like if this happened two episodes ago, she'd been like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look at how <laughs> I don't know what that accent was. It was uh, me having a stroke. But it, yeah, she would have like lost her mind because she would have her mind would obviously have gone to the conclusion that oh, Jen is yeah. having sex in her bedroom. That's well, she's barely here. able yeah. to contain herself at multiple times in this show. Like, uh, love Jen's confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, her ability to stand up for herself. I feel like we don't see a lot of that in general represented Mm-mm. by like teenage women. No, um, so that was. Pretty cool, made me yeah. happy, yeah, and me yeah, just like proud, yeah, proud of her. Yeah, that moment was cool. I capped that. I just, I'm gonna play it. We don't have to keep it in the episode, but I think it's cool to hear her say this. It used to be fun, you know that? No, I used to be weak and vulnerable. Fuck yeah. Also, I do have a song. question. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah. song. Just like, <laughs> did, did anyone have a relation to this song? I, no. I used to think the song was so fucking sick really? when I was a kid. Yeah. Never had heard it. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> it I think like, I'd heard it, but I didn't know. You know, I mean, I don't know. It just sounds like a lot of 90s music. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like now I'm like, yeah. this is the result of Kurt Cobain dying. Like yeah. post grunge and all of that yeah. fucking awful music. Mm-hmm. Like this, I would say this is like the cherry on top of like that bad music. Ugh. So 
when Jen says, tells Billy that she and Dawson are on hiatus, does everyone think that she has this, she thinks that maybe they'll get back together? Or do you think she was telling that to Billy to get him to like lay off? Do you think she actually thinks that they're only on hiatus? Yeah, I was surprised by that. I, yeah. My impression was that she thought maybe they were going to get back together. Yeah. But I don't know. Hmm. I think it's writing convenience. Keep yeah. that door yeah. open. Right. That's that's why they did it. They probably realized she had a very definitive, and much like real people, you're very definitive in the moment, and then after you get away from it a little bit, you're like, ah, eh, actually, Yeah, I maybe. just thought it was interesting for her to tell tell that to Billy, and, you know. Yeah. Instead of being like, no, we're broken up. Like, mm-hmm. she's saying we're only on hiatus, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it could potentially just be a defense mechanism, to yeah. your point. She's just trying to tell this so that Billy backs off, but... I would also say she knows Billy's not going to back off no matter what. Right. He's been yeah. so persistent up until this point. I don't think anything is going to stop him. Later that morning, Billy sits on his convertible, peeling an apple with a pocket knife as though he's in Shawshank prison. <laughs> as Dawson approaches, Billy gets under his skin regarding the breakup and proposes a horny teen boy odyssey by the means of driving to Providence to hit up the club. Uh, with the wish that a sexual adventure will take Dawson's mind off of Jen. Dawson agrees when he realizes he can weaponize the situation to make Jen worry about what he's doing out of town. Okay, okay, hear me out. Billy yes. is the evil queen and Snow White holding the poison apple. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Waiting to give Dawson a taste. Dawson is Snow White. <laughs> certainly is. <laughs> and Billy is luring Dawson into his bad boy world. Yes. Right? 100%. Why else would they give him a red apple? Yeah. Mm, totally. <laughs> Dang. The yeah. show does feel extremely, or this episode feels extremely purposeful yeah. in everything that they're setting mm. up. So. I screenshotted that moment as <laughs> Bill, as Dawson is contemplating what Billy is saying yeah. in that he moment. He caved so easily. Oh my God. He, <gasps> he caved so easily. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is, okay. This is... <laughs> Okay, just like props to this episode's cinematography, the way that we have to put this on Instagram, oh, yeah. but the way that the shot is set up with Dawson being larger in the frame with Billy being small on mm-hmm. his shoulder, it's like the devil on his shoulder. Yes, totally. That Casey totally, Lader totally. talks yeah. about. Yeah. And this is where, to your point, Cody, I feel like it starts early with this show doing, or this episode doing fun stuff with the camera and the yeah. way that they're shooting these scenes. Because this kind of like foreground background stuff doesn't really happen in most of oh, the show. No. It's just like, okay, stand in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and it feels like they're, they're like, okay, we've kind of figured out how to have our normal shots go. Let's start trying something beyond just a basic shot. Um, but yeah, I mean, D- Dawson plays right into Billy's hands in this moment. I, I captured Billy's manipulation here and it, he plays Dawson <laughs> like a fiddle. Let's just take a listen. And man, if I lived uh, 50 yards away from her, I swear to you, I'd go insane. I'd stare up at her window, wondering what she's doing. She's talking on the phone. Who is she talking to? And if she's listening to music, who do those songs remind her of? Does she still think about me? <laughs> so does she think about me half as much as I think about her? He's the evil queen. He's luring <laughs> him in. It's so, uh, yeah. I mean, also to that effect, I mean, that is also an allusion to uh, Satan as the snake tempting oh, totally. Eve with yeah. the apple. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. The apple. <sighs> I just love that. I wish it just kept going for another like 35 minutes. And and if she's putting on shoes, is she <laughs> doing that to walk with me on the beach? Or? <laughs> How far the whole are we time going? Dawson's yeah. expression's like, <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Also, I uh, <laughs> audibly laughed at Billy just being like, I know the bouncer when it comes to yeah. getting children oh, into a club. Yeah, oh my like, gosh. What is this man's life? Oh, uh, it's so funny. But he's underage too, right? 
Billy? Who knows? Oh, I think yeah. we talked about how he might but be like, like a little older, maybe. Years older. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love the setup of it is like this is like um Cohen brothers level of perfection. Like it's a, it's a bar perfectly equidistant between <laughs> two women's colleges and they're so horny. They just want to find an underage boy to ogle. Like They don't care. They don't care at all. They just want a boy. Yeah. I'm really excited to, when we finally get to like Nina and the club stuff, yeah. but just wondering what their age gap could possibly be. Because she does, of course, this show fucking loves uh, underage children having sex with adults. Yes. But I mean, she says she's in film school. So you're like, okay, so maybe she's like an age appropriate, like 19, 20, 21, 22, even though she's obviously played right. by someone who's like in her 30s. 30s. Um, but then she had that line about like the ID too, yes. where I was like, mm, okay. Yeah, too mm. self-aware. Let's I, let's cut that one. Uh, let's yeah. get that out of there. Now we can't suspend our disbelief. We know you know at this moment. <laughs> but even then, it's like, okay, so let's let's say she's 18 years old. That's still an 18-year-old sleeping with a 15-year-old. Yeah, still not good. Yeah. And what? also, she was like, do I have to check your ID? That's a nice joke. But also, what ID would he have? He's 15. <laughs> well, I've got my bus pass. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Dawson's outfit really quick? Oh, in scene. Yes. At the street with Billy, right? Yeah. Okay. We were talking about the bar for a second. I was confused. Oh, but we're okay. still yes. back on, yes, on yes, the yes, street. Yes. So this is our, he's wearing that like cream colored corduroy short yeah, he, shirt. Yeah, he likes that shirt. He's worn it in a few other episodes. He, cool. I, I really like his outfit in this yeah. one. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I kind of cash, you except know, except for the like college professor crimson crew neck sweater that he's got <laughs> underneath the, the corduroy shirt and the super baggy acid wash jeans. He looks like a little boy. I, I yeah. have a screenshot later <laughs> he, where this, he in yeah. the hallway at school and he's like, he's kind of standing yeah, there he like, looks like a little six year old, very juvenile in this episode. Yeah. That's, I'm just so excited for Halloween when we dress up like the horror of them. James, I feel like you're going to make a great Dawson. Yes. Oh God. I'll be Mr. Gold. <laughs> I wonder if he'll ever come back. Elsewhere, <laughs> Capeside Jock Heartthrob Warren swings by a walking to school Joey and offers her a ride. After some silly Ted Bundy banter, she hops in. Along the drive, Warren's demeanor shifts and he makes unwarranted <laughs> sexual advances. He insinuates she's dating Dawson, but also mocks her for being a virgin, to which she says, It's by choice. I don't know. Like, okay, obviously he's an asshole, but. I don't know. I don't know if it, there's just something about me that felt like charmed by him. Yeah. Really? <laughs> like he's kind of oh, charming. No. I would, I would fall into totally. his trap for sure. Like as a teenager, I would definitely be like, okay. <laughs> my first note that I wrote for this scene is Warren is funny and kind of charming. At first. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he's totally like shooting the shit. You know, like for me, this would be the way that high school me would have approached somebody's like, Hey, I'm going to make some jokes at, uh, you know, around this. And he isn't too much of a prick yet. He isn't a total misogynist yet. He's just kind of like, like I wanted to be a cool dude driving with no doors on my Jeep with one (laughs) foot out the door. Like, hey, you need a ride? That would be fucking cool. But so it's funny because I know him. Have you watched Six Feet Under? Yes. No. So yeah. The method, right? Yeah, yes. like yeah. he uh, he dates Lauren Ambrose in that show, and he's a fucking asshole. So in Mm. my mind, oh, and he's also an asshole in uh, the Great Teen. Uh, rom-com that we've talked about. Can't hardly wait. Oh, um, okay. Asshole in that as well. Mm. Uh, so as soon as he drove up, I'm, I just got bad vibes immediately. Even though they have really fun banter uh, right. back and forth, I was like, oh, maybe this will be like a new love interest for her. Right. But then that tonal shift is immediate of, mm-hmm. oh, she's in the car now. I can be a disgusting yeah. pig. Yeah. I found that the upon my rewatch when he's like, oh, I'm doing this for community service. 
I, you know, like that's why he's giving her a ride. Yeah. There's that nice little analogy to him then saying that he's doing this to get her, the, the lie, this rumor that he starts is to get her out of her position. So he's kind of like, hey, I'm going to fuck up your life right now. You don't actually know it, but he's talking about the ride. But mm-hmm. in reality, he's actually talking about this rumor that he's already started. Yeah. I think at this point in time, he's already started this rumor or he's formulated it in his mind yeah. at that point mm-hmm. in time. As a good sociopath does. As a, Lay out a plan, baby. Yeah. Also just wanted to say, shout out to the line. I mean, I thought the dialogue was really clever with her banter, even yeah. when she's giving shit when she realizes mm-hmm. that he is an asshole. But I liked it when she said there's no correlation between a slider and a sperm yeah. count. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was really funny. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I liked seeing her stand up with the, you know, enjoy the wind for a second. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like cute, you know. I feel like that's a classic 90s movie movie. Well, yeah. And also episode. Dawson does it later in this episode after they. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They both. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, God. <laughs> that's funny. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. I forgot about that for a moment. Yeah. The, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, in this scene, in this moment, he is just being such a prick. He's like, come just like, I I capped the audio, but we know everything he says. He's basically like, wow, girls shouldn't talk. Dumb, dumb stuff comes out of your mouth. We want to see my dick. (laughs) Like that's basically everything he's, he's saying in this moment. Joey had a really sassy line, though, at the end. Did you get that one about the <laughs> when she was talking about her and Dawson? She says, we could be annotating the yes. Kama Sutra for all you know. And she kind of does like a little, little head, head. head thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I screenshotted <laughs> uh, after she gets in her final her final word to 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 Warren in that moment. Yeah. She she has this very sassy look on her face. I feel like that's why they booked Katie Holmes on this show is like her, her facial acting yeah, is so, so good. good. Yeah. She's they, so good at, at emoting. Mm-hmm. They gave her a lot of opportunities this episode to choose scenery, too, with her like fake crying later. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Very expressive. Very, very. Yep. Billy and Dawson make a quick stop at the school so Dawson can turn in his homework. And <laughs> very cool. And when his plans for skipping school hit Pacey's sweet little ears, he packs up his locker and decides he's going to join the fuck party. <laughs> While Dawson's away, Jen and Joey run into the boys, and Billy insinuates that they're going to a brothel. When the boys leave with Dawson, Jen reveals to Joey that Warren is spreading a rumor that they had sex. Pacey's outfit in this scene... <laughs> Oh my god, it's so good. It's like <laughs> bowling chic. Yeah, yeah. He oh god. Loves those bowling shirts, like the collared shirts. But it's He's so a very oversized. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. large. The sleeves almost go down to his wrist. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, the, you're right. They're kind of like <laughs> so really long. roomy and then are really long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's uh, he's a juggalo. There's like ICP <laughs> fans like always wear their Yes, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so good. Jen's hair is very on point in this scene. She had like the little flip, Mm -hmm. the flip in and flip out. And it was like perfectly done. I remember like trying to do my hair like that in the nineties and never being able to. (laughs) So that was, that was pretty cool. (laughs) I like the little detail that, that Billy introduces here, that this game that he's playing, right. That he's taking them to a brothel and Dawson doesn't know this. He's completely unaware of this. And he's like, playing fully into the hand. You know, Joey is so gullible. She believes it. Even Pacey believes it. I wonder if Jen believes it. Does Jen see through what Billy's doing here about like taking him to a brothel or is she also believing it too? It kind of seemed like she, she seemed convinced or like she was concerned about what was going to happen. I bet she thinks he, he's taking them out to like maybe a nightclub or a strip club, not necessarily a brothel. Yeah. Like she knows Billy. So she probably knows that he knows the bouncer right. at a club and she's probably like, Oh yeah. Like I'm sure he's going to this place, you know, I bet she, yeah. Uh, I don't know. But later when Joey and Jen are sitting on the porch, 
you would think that you would say something because Joey's like, I can't even imagine him doing those masculine things or whatever the fuck yeah. she said. Yeah. But you, I, you would think that Jenna would be like, oh, they probably just went to a strip club or something. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really odd because to me because I would think Jen would either be like, what are you, you know, like she would, I feel like she would say something in that moment or she would be like call, calling his bluff and be like, you aren't going to a fucking, you know, like, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just, it, mm-hmm. I found that a little bit odd that they were so quick to accept that this, mm-hmm. that that's where they're going without challenging it at all. But at the same time, he's the bad boy. He's wearing a leather jacket. I don't know if you guys know this, but that means he's like <laughs> a bad boy. He's peacocking as a bad boy. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Also want to point out that uh, my use of the term brothel is that is not a, uh, uh, my ignorance is purposeful. I believe sex work is real work. And if there's a better word to use for a place to fuck uh, that's <laughs> paid for and I don't know it, let me know. And I would love to learn. But I'm going to continue using that because I don't know another word to say. Bordello? We're from the Wild <laughs> West. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely not whorehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Joey. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So this rumor spreading fast. I mean, I'm. I'm this is got to be the early morning part of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Dawson's showing up to turn in his homework and this rumor is already going around. It's already made it to Jen's ears. I mean, she granted she does hang out with the jocks because she like we've seen her interacting with Cliff and all those guys, but still, it's like, damn, he wasted no time yeah. <laughs> whatsoever. It's like, like the pacey. car and he's like, hey, I fucked her. Yeah. <laughs> we fucked. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody, you need to know this. We fucked. Yeah. I know. But they, it's it's similar to the the Pacey Tammy rumor yeah. because that was also right. like they as soon yeah. as they got to school, everyone right. already knew. Yeah. So maybe they have like a early they have like internet beta internet 1.0 that and cell phones like way before smartphones were real it's just like oh my god did you hear about warren having sex with uh joey i was gonna say katie holmes yeah do you remember i feel like before text messaging was big with cell phones do you remember that they had those little motorola devices where you could like send it was like the midpoint between beeper and cell phone. The two-way pager? Yeah, and yeah. it was like you could text each other right. to each other's paid-for beeper thing. Hmm. Yeah, my dad had one of those um, <laughs> for work, I remember. And uh, I remember thinking it was so fucking cool. Oh, I thought it was amazing, yeah. <laughs> but like, oh, wow, technology is was, so amazing. Wasn't that, at least, I, I want to say either, maybe this is like different, maybe this is just for economy's sake, but I feel like all I remember those pages were numbers. Like they didn't have text yet. Like T9 wasn't around yet. So you'd mm-hmm. get like a two-way beep that would be like 854392. <laughs> and that would decode it. Yeah, I remember that shit. But granted, I was a little boy, so who knows? You know, like, who knows? <laughs> My dad was probably just like, yeah, yeah, we have to decode this stuff. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> Well, I think that brings us to our first commercial break of the day. So we will see you guys on the other side of some donuts. (laughs) I think there's one thing we can all agree on, and it's that Dawson is a terrible friend. He certainly has never done anything that didn't satisfy his own lizard brain urges, which is the opposite of you, sweet, gentle listener. You're a tremendous friend, which is why I trust that you'll lend us a hand and help us in a huge way by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast. Hey, that's the podcast you're listening to right now. For every rate and review, it helps us stand out among the rest and possibly reach some soon-to-be Creek freaks. I think we can all agree that Joey would give us five stars. Thanks, friends. 
And we're back. As a means to venture to Providence, Billy and the boys hop on a car ferry. Pacey gives Dawson a talking to, saying Dawson is always playing by the rules and is an all-around Richie Cunningham. <laughs> da- uh, <laughs> oh, no, I did it again. Cody, you're not Dawson. I know this. I know that you are not Dawson, but you must have been so happy when this music played because did you know that Fish was going to be in this episode of Dawson's Creek? Take a listen to this. (laughs) This type one tray is sick. (laughs) A fun jam. It's just perfect little fairy ride music. I can see some uh, some nitrous vendors selling some <laughs> balloons on the deck. It's <laughs> <laughs> like near. <laughs> Listen, I love fish, and it's easy to mock me for it. But also at the same time, I'm self aware enough to know that that sounded exactly like fish, <laughs> <laughs> and that was great. I had a good time. If that's what fish is like, except in uh, less than thirty minute increments, I would <laughs> definitely be down with it. <laughs> uh, Tyrannostasio band is playing September twenty fifth at Edgefield. If you want right. to come and see me and John wear puka shells and dance, Creek Freaks, find us there. <laughs> we'll, we'll be rolling around in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> we do a, a live recording there. Oh yeah! My God. Ooh, yeah. So oh my funny. God! Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Have you seen Dawson's Creek? What? <laughs> <laughs> do man on the street interviews with people at the fish show about Dawson's Creek. Um, Not a bad idea. We should do that. I um, This scene was interesting to me because in my head, we've just left school, but in the show, <laughs> it is golden hour on the, on the deck of this ferry boat. So yeah. How many hours is this trip? I wondered that throughout this episode quite a bit. Yeah. There yeah. are so, they're so going many. To, they're in Massachusetts and they're going to Providence, Rhode Island. Right. So it's just like a little, Right short up. trip yeah well they say at the end it was just 24 hours but the way that i mean it's a tv show and they right. had their limitations yeah. but the, they, there's multiple shots in this episode <laughs> we're like what year is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> why does it keep changing but yeah golden hour it looks like the sun is setting it's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah it was really um confusing to me mm-hmm. and then especially when we in our next shot of the ferry it is significantly earlier yes. in the day <laughs> it's, now it's morning time yeah. um maybe it's providence uh uk I don't yeah know. maybe who knows <laughs> i did think it was a beautiful shot though like mm-hmm. i understand why they took that shot yeah. so did anyone else watch happy days reruns in the 90s nope. oh, yeah. no okay yeah because oh, i, I was yeah. like this is, this is so 90s like him comparing them to happy days characters yeah i loved it <laughs> yeah it was on all the time yeah. yeah, Stella, you've never watched Happy Days, right? I have not. That's so huh. sad. I don't think I have either. Is that the one with the Fonz? Yes. Well, yeah, that, because Dawson, uh, PC compares um, right. Billy, Billy to the Fonz, and then Dawson's Richie Cunningham, and You're then he's Pacey's Potsy. Potsy. Yeah. Pookie. Pookie. <laughs> the grandma from Harold. Pookie. I thought I was, that was cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've absorbed Happy Days pop culture just through osmosis, but I've, I don't think I could tell you a single, aside from the, hey, I can't tell you much about that show. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of occurred to me now, thinking about the comparison of Billy to the Fonz, and I'm like, well, that's not fair because the Fonz is cool, and then I'm thinking about it, I'm like, but he was kind of, I guess, a quote-unquote ladies' man. I yeah. bet if we were to rewatch that, it, it's oh, yeah. oh, probably sure. just so. as problematic as yeah. Billy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't and then Richie was kind of innocent, and mm-hmm. you know, so it's Dawson, the good guy, and yeah. Back at Capeside, Joey pulls Warren to a quiet corner in the cafeteria to accost him over the sex rumor. 
He tries to flip it, saying it would be a good thing for their reputations. Joey calls him a bastard, and in turn, he loudly proclaims that he doesn't want her to be his girlfriend to embarrass her. She runs out, and Jen falls to comfort her. The subject of Joey being with someone who's sensitive, maybe someone like Dawson, is brushed upon, but switches gears when Jen says she might know a way to get back at Warren. Heavy shit. Yeah, I mean... Lots of, or some more Jen and Joy friendship development in this scene. That's pretty much all I got out of it. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I did like the framing of when Joey is talking to Warren in the cafeteria and in the background over Warren's shoulder, it says, uh, Cape Side Minutemen, we're always on time or something <laughs> like that. Cause they're, you know, the oh. Cape Side's mascot is the Minutemen. Yeah. But I was just like, is this a little juvenile sexual humor? <laughs> you know, like dropping it behind Warren. Mm, That's really yeah. funny. Um, hmm. Also, I think when we leave the cafeteria, there's a poster that says, it's like a girl leaning against a guy and she's like, we don't need protection or so, I don't know. It's like something <laughs> yeah. like that. Throughout this episode, I've noticed some like several posters like that, that I'll mention some later, but yeah, some weird, I don't know, sexual like. They've got to keep that posters. sexual yeah. thread going <laughs> in every aspect of this show. I liked this line from Warren. Um, it's when he's talking about how this can be mutually beneficial for both him and Joey. He says this. No more shagging flyballs with washouts and wannabes. You're such a bastard. I love that. No more shagging flyballs <laughs> with washouts and wannabes. Oh, that's great. The the baseball back and forth between them is so good. Oh, I, yeah. I also love Joey's saying, uh, if you're the major leagues, Warren, I hope I never get out of A-ball. Yeah. Like, shit like that is so rich. I'm into it. <laughs> Yeah. Also not believable. At, at no. All. I yeah. mean, I, I, I believe that Warren would say that. I don't believe that Joey would fire back with, with that, but it's cute and I love it. Yeah. I mean, this is a, we're, we're talking about a noir movie, right? From the forties. Okay. <laughs> dialogue like this is very normal. Um, I was massively put off by, by Jen being like, I always thought you would go for somebody like implying Dawson. Like that mm-hmm. is your, ex-boyfriend as of like very recently isn't it why are you yeah every single time it seems like they have like a moment together about mm-hmm. something they just have to bring Dawson as it's like it, it's this show is actively trying to not pass the Bechtel test definitely for right. other characters it's yeah. like every time they have any kind of moment it's like hey remember Dawson the boy that we yeah. both have feelings for <laughs> it all revolves around him I do love, though, the ending with the girl time scheming between Jen mm-hmm. and Joey. I wish that we yep. got a full episode of just them, like, because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great. Back on the ferry, Pacey continues to dunk on Dawson's goody two-shoes vibe and that he needs to start doing stupid shit and live a little. Meanwhile, Billy notices a couple of white trash drunks who are harassing some old people. To prove <laughs> Pacey and Billy wrong, Dawson proposes an idea to get revenge on the inbred Hills of Eyes hillbillies. I love these these little ne'er do wells <laughs> on the ferry. <laughs> this is my favorite so, part of the episode. So silly. Just pouring like, beer on that yeah, old person's yeah, wait, car. No, that was, yeah, I think that's a little later, but yeah, yeah that was ridiculous. Like, why? Okay, but the quote where Pacey says, Dawson, for high minded conversation, you're the man. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Well, he's so what? deep and yeah, articulate like, and smart. Not really. Yeah. Just look at these yeah. these two and what they're doing here. There's a little old lady in this car <laughs> next to them. They've got their feet up on her car and they're jeering and taunting her through the window with beer <laughs> bottles in their hands. Like, wh- why? Yeah. yeah <laughs> why are you doing this? One and where is like? How old are they? Like, they seem old. Too old to be doing this kind yeah. of stuff. 
And the ferry isn't going to be like, hey, don't do that. Like, there's not a single employee on this ferry who's like, hey, actually, we don't condone openly drinking on your vehicle and, and harassing the elderly. Yeah, th- that's right. And that's right before they drive off and the, you know, their axle or whatever right. it is pops off. But so a little bit earlier when uh, Dawson gets this idea, he says it's inspired by American Graffiti, which I guess in, film the, yeah, in that movie, they do it to a cop car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a cab. Oh. Yeah. So are they police officers? Those two? <laughs> In this, in those, those ne'er-do-wells, are they the cops? <laughs> They're acting like it. Also, <laughs> I think... The Deliverance it? Twins reference? What, what's oh, to Deliverance. The movie the de- Deliverance. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, is, isn't... Twin, uh, yeah. Just two guys. Isn't American Graffiti, like, wasn't that the inspiration behind Happy Days also? I don't know. I thought you were the big time movie guy. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen American Graffiti. I'm not the biggest fan of that, uh... Happy Days I like better, I guess, which is weird. But I'm pretty sure like there is like some kind of like narrative thing mm. where it's like, oh, we should just turn this into a TV Interesting. show. Interesting. As Joey plays with a photocopier, new <laughs> cast regular and my personal hero, Abby Morgan, pops in to give her shit about the Warren rumor. Joey breaks into tears, giving a Meryl Streep-level performance and <laughs> convincing Abby that she's pregnant and that Warren told her that it's her problem to deal with. Abby takes the bait and leaves, and Joey smiles maniacally, knowing her plan is going into a motion, stirring the witch's pot. Abby's back. Abby's back, baby. <laughs> Just in time to spread a rumor. Yeah. When she came through that doorway, oh my God, it was like the clouds had parted and the sun shone on my face. She is just the best character in the show. Yeah, I think when we watched it, you cheered. <laughs> yeah, she's so fucking funny. I love her. Yeah, I was happy to see her, and I was really happy that we got this line from her. Oh, that little puke. Yes. <gasps> Sorry, puke. This music sting, so sick. I finally found a reason. <laughs> we we heard puke for the first time in the Breakfast Club yes. episode, I think so. right? Yeah. From yeah. Abby? I'm or? pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's sorry, puke. Yeah. Uh, Abby, we missed you. Joey's laying it on so thick here. <laughs> yeah, know. killing it. Like, Again, chewing scenery. Yep, definitely. I thought at first she was laughing. It's like that classic fake cry where it looks like, uh-huh. yeah, you're laughing because you're doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something I noticed uh, about this Xerox room was there were several posters pertaining to like parenthood. Like yeah. there's a Planned Parenthood poster. There's a poster with a stroller on it right next to the Xerox, like the copy machine. And then... On the other end, there's a an AIDS poster. Yeah. Did anyone notice this? I don't think I did. It was I, a poster. Um, it says, quote, if you get the AIDS virus now, you and your license could expire at the same time. And it had a driver's license Jesus on it. Christ. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? This had to be like a campaign or something back then, you know, about AIDS. So I looked it up. <laughs> there, it's in the CDC archives. This poster is in the CDC archives. Ooh. Yeah. For, it was like from, ni- uh, I don't, I will, I, I can post a photo, but um, it's from 1990. And it's like, it was a campaign called America Responds to AIDS. And it was basically telling people that they could have been infected with AIDS in their teens and had it for years without knowing. But like their way of showing this was like this expired ID. What? What the? Up in a high school copy room? (laughs) You know, Reagan sees the AIDS epidemic and does absolutely fucking nothing because he's the worst sack of shit that this country has ever seen. Worse Mm -hmm. than Trump. And, uh, 
But I'm so glad that at the very least we got a poster that had a very confusing message about a driver's license. At least that <laughs> saved the day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that this kind of plays into like later on in, at the career fair when Joey gets pulled aside by Mrs. Tingle talking about it. <laughs> I was... Because <laughs> that's her name now. Well, that's Drop what... Drop the R. They said... I know. That. Wait, I was, they say Tingle? I know, yes. They say Joey Tingle. says Tingle. That's what we're saying. Yeah, Joey it's says so Tingle. fucking confusing. Anyway, yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah. in that moment, <laughs> she's like talking about how the, the the family planning class here is so strong. And I was wondering, is does she mean here at Cape Side? Or is she talking about one oh. of the, the booths that she sat? Anyway, we can talk about that when yeah. we get there. Yeah, but, yeah. And on that problematic note, we are going to go all get pregnant on this uh, commercial break. So we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Hey, everybody. James here. Just jumping in to give a quick plug for our social media. You can find us online at Freaks and Creeks Pod. It's got plenty of great content. Get to know the hosts a little bit, see the funny things that we snap out of the episodes, and just join in on the conversation. We'd love to have you there. We'd love to get to know you. It's going to be a fun time. Also, go on over to our website, freaksandcreeks.com. It's got a snazzy web player. You can send links to your friends, or you can even subscribe on all the different podcatchers, all straight from our website. It's great, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Enjoy the rest of the episode. We're back! As the fairy hillbillies pound the last of their Sixers, Dawson connects a hook and chain to their car's <laughs> axle and fixes it to the back of the boat. Our mischievous little hero pops back into Billy's car just in time for Pacey to moon them with his rock-hard cheeks. As they peel away, the axle rips out of the backwoods truck, and our heroes make their way to Providence to go to Bone Town. <sighs> this is where they're pouring the beer all yes. over that one's windshield. Uh, like what that's what i Uh, do on the weekends so rude poor woman she's just in the car i know she's like no (laughs) why would you waste beer doing that too that's what i don't understand i mean it's cheap beer so it's who cares but at the same time aren't you enjoying it (laughs) also like i i feel like we only see the mess with that woman yeah Yeah. yes why yeah what did she do yeah what'd she do to be fair, now I like to play devil's advocate. I Stella know you knows. do. We don't. What if? <laughs> Is that Graham's in there? No. Uh, yeah. What if the back of her car has a bumper sticker that's like some fucking Trump shit or QAnon, Blue Lives Matter, whatever? And these guys are actual heroes. They're, yeah. These are Antifa. They're oh, like, this fuck is... this bag of shit for all the harm that she's doing to our society. Yeah, that sounds likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it. That seems exactly like what's happening. I loved Dawson's little hop back into the car. Like he was so pleased with himself mm-hmm. for, you know, being a rebel. Yeah. He's finally living it was so life. Cool. It, was it was cute. cute. No, yeah, it was very cute. Yeah, this is like, this is this was the action sequence out of James Bond that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. It's incredible. He is like a little secret agent. He's just <laughs> rolling around. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was impressed. He, this is, you know, brains over bronze. He doesn't need to be a big bad boy to do some things. He can use his filmic knowledge mm-hmm. to still fuck the world over. And it worked. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I'm disappointed in this plot point because it doesn't come back to bite them in the ass. Mm-hmm. I thought these yeah. hillbillies were going to oh, show up at the, the club. Yeah. yeah, I thought they totally. were going to like get like fucked over somehow. Like some dumb and dumber. Like where they get beat up at <laughs> yes. the 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, it would have been really fun if they like while they're waiting at the bus stop after Billy leaves them, who oh, pulls yeah. up the pickup truck, but with like some tiny little dinky wheels on the back that they had to throw on <laughs> to replace the axle or something. And they're like, boy, you know, that would have been great. That would have been really funny. We should write for the show. I know. Mm. I, I'm really excited for the first to be continued we're going to get yes. in the show. Oh. Because that would have been a good one. Yeah. It's like they're totally. sitting there giggling about the smooches and <laughs> yeah. then ricky, 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 and the car yeah. pulls up. Mm-hmm. Get him. I loved Dawson's celebration. Um, yeah, he's like, woohoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this Standing man, up in the car with his arms yes. up. Yeah. This man only knows cinema. He yeah. doesn't know how to celebrate himself. No, <laughs> he doesn't. It's he's his programming doesn't uh, allow for that kind of emotional outburst. You know, I didn't bring it up earlier. I forgot about this, but initially when they saw the hillbillies, uh Billy is the one to report the message. Mm-hmm. And Billy's like, this doesn't look like my idea of fun. Yeah. Yeah. But you're an asshole. This does yeah. look like your idea right. of fun. It's, this is what I imagine he does on the weekends. Just gets drunk and harasses old people. Yeah, yeah. it was an interesting moment for him to suddenly have a conscience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, You don't have any problems like fucking over Dawson and Jen's relationship, trying to sabotage Dawson in front of Jen for the future, but this is where you're going to draw the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't mind emotionally manipulating other people, but... Mm-hmm. The elderly... Don't fuck with them. Free, free game. <laughs> Unless it's Jen's mom. Then fuck with her. But at the club, known as the pool room. The club. The <laughs> club. The club. Um, future sex offender Billy tells Dawson his system of how to get laid by first eyeballing all the girls he could possibly want to sleep with before moving in. As though he's Leonardo DiCaprio and the Pussy Posse. <laughs> Additionally... Pacey nonchalantly lists the women he's added to his mental checklist while he continues to play pool, like a postal worker's kill list. Yeah. Still a bit of a sleaze, you know? Yeah. He took yeah. two, maybe three huge steps forward, and then this is just one <laughs> step back. You know, he's still a little yep. bit of a fuckboy. Um, he does not have any game, though, as we see nope. when he actually <laughs> starts trying to talk to some of these women. Yeah, I'm glad that it at least backfired yeah. to yeah. not Same. make him like a cool guy. Again, it's this is what we've been wanting. We want to see their friendship like yeah. building, and mm-hmm. it just sucks that they're like, how do we build a friendship between boys? Get laid, yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah. I do love a game of pool, though. Yeah, I and wish we could have just seen more of their pool game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why didn't they throw some stakes down on that? Or that would have been another perfect time for those truckers to come in as they're oh, about yeah. to finish their game of pool, and so they walk up, and who's got next or something, and then they pour some beer on their face. Or, <laughs> or at least, like, it's like, if I win, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, yeah. have mm-hmm. some stakes <clears throat> added to it. Are <laughs> um, those the heckler? The, those ne'er-do-wells come in and burp into your <laughs> microphone? <laughs> this bar looks Kind of mm, cool. Yeah. Right? I thought the, like, the neon lighting was cool. It reminded me of the um, the Roadhouse Tavern in Twin mm-hmm. Peaks, <laughs> yeah. you know, except a little bit bigger, a little bit more 90s dance club. Mm-hmm. But I just love the look of 90s clubs and TV. They're just big open rooms with a bunch <laughs> of tables and people just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the designated like dancing area. Yeah. It was kind of closed off mm-hmm. from everybody else. But there's like nothing that really closed off the area. It right. was just like clearly just actors being like, all right, dance to this metronome and right. uh, yeah. you'll be ignored. There wasn't any fun needle drop during this part. No, was there? really? I don't think so. Just background I, music. Yeah. 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 I would say this episode probably had some of the weakest music of the show so far. Uh, I, I finally found a reason I don't need an excuse. <laughs> I got this time on my hands. Uh, you're the one to abuse. That's my favorite <laughs> song of all time. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, the needle drop? You also got your fish, so yeah. you're biased. Yeah. 
Anyway, when we go back and edit this episode, in instead of the clip that you play, can we just play like a thirty minute? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So all our gentle listeners out there, they can yeah. just hear. I'll see the episode. Be like, why is this one four hours? Jesus, three hours is a fish set. As the college fair is kicking off at Cape Side, known scarecrow vampire god Mrs. Tringle or slash Mrs. Tingle uh, <laughs> takes Joey aside to give her the what's what on raising children. When Joey realizes what's going on, she backs out of the conversation. I felt like Miss Tringle um, Tingle? or Tingle. Triangle? <laughs> okay, that's funny that you say that because my notes auto-corrected to Mrs. Triangle. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, who's that? Um I felt like she looked like she could be Abby's mom. Mm. Oh yeah! And then, like she, I was like, "Is that Abby just with a lot of makeup and dressed up <laughs> as an older like lady?" She's way too invested in Joey's situation <laughs> yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because there's already J- Joey's been targeted by the school by right. mockery for her mm-hmm. family, and yeah, I wonder if it's just like all the teachers kind of know this, so maybe. Oh, maybe. Tringle Tingle Triangle is <laughs> thinking like I need to pay special attention to Joey, especially with this situation that's arising because mm-hmm. her family is well fucked, right? So yeah, I, don't know. I think it's interesting. You'll remember from our detention episode, I proposed that she is some kind of ghost haunting the library, and we don't get anything to challenge that. She's still stuck in just the library. She can't seem to leave, and she only wants to talk about the sacrifices that women have to make. So I think that (laughs) Miss Tingle Tringle Triangle, who was, I'm pretty sure she was Miss Tringle in the Mm -hmm. detention episode. She is now Mrs. Tingle in this episode. (laughs) Oh, she was a Mrs. in the detention one. Was she? I remember, because I remember thinking, like, God, I want to meet that husband. (laughs) Yeah, I think she's Mrs. Tringle, yeah. Well, regardless, I'm now postulating that the reason that she is so invested in Joey here is because, like Joey's rumor, she got pregnant when she was a teen at Capeside High. With Abby? Maybe with Abby. Yes, great idea. And she had to give emergency birth. She dies in the library bathroom. And that is why she haunts the school library. And that is also why she is so interested in making sure Joey knows how to be prepared for this baby that she's about to give birth to. I rest my case. I find that to be as concrete of any evidence that I need. (laughs) Tangle. (laughs) (laughs) What? what, Oh. Sorry, just to be clear, at this so no one has called her Mrs. Tingle at it's, this point. It's not until point. later. Not until yeah. Joey says yeah. it in the kitchen, in Jen's kitchen. Yes. Yes. Do you think that Miss Mrs. Tingle, you were just saying you want to know the husband. There is a popular <laughs> author by the name of Chuck Tingle. Does anybody know oh. who Chuck Tingle is? <laughs> no. no. Well, Chuck Tingle. Go Google Chuck Tingle. You will probably find <laughs> several books. Um one of which is uh, pounded in the butt by my own butt. And Chuck Tingle <laughs> is what? a, yes, he is a satirical um, erotic fiction writer um, <laughs> who is also a, a secret really podcaster. Um, I won't reveal their identity to dox who they are. But uh, this person, Chuck Tingle, has won many awards for their humorous erotic <laughs> writing, all of which is just like the title I mentioned, somebody pounding my butt with my own butt or <laughs> what's this one say, Cody? <laughs> it says, the physical manifestation of Wordle pounds my butt as 
as yes. a slightly frustrated but ultimately rewarding and meditative daily routine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Book two of the Hugo Award finalist, Chuck Tingle. So I, a, you know, maybe that is who <laughs> Mrs. Tingle's husband is. You know, capes, somebody's got to be paying the bills if she is a ghost librarian. So... <laughs> I'd like to enter that into the Cape Side canon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow these <laughs> these book covers are amazing. This one is uh, a Velociraptor as a human being, and it says not pounding by anything uh, while I practice <laughs> a responsible social distancing. <laughs> it's a guy giving a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, this is really fun. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, one thing, uh, I really liked the casting continuity in this because one of the students that we see in the background was the the girl that had whispered mm-hmm. to Pacey that the rumor of him and um, Tammy yeah. had been spreading. So I liked that they're at least like recasting people right. just to be the favorite right. people in the background. Looks That's fun. cool. It's good. And meanwhile, Warren finds a sassy fatherhood bumper sticker adorning his locker. And when he opens it up, it is littered with baby paraphernalia. <laughs> How do people just get into other people's lockers in these high school movies? You just squeeze the doll through the little (laughs) vents. I have no idea. Uh, That's always, that's the first thing that I always think of is like, wouldn't you be like, it's not, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care anymore. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Listeners, what you're hearing right now is someone giving up a podcast. So that bumper sticker was labeled from the Concerned Parents of America. So it was like an actual... Yeah, and it said, anyone can make a baby. It takes a real man to be a father. Did you research who that company is? No, I didn't. But it is. It exists. It's Concerned Parents of America. Beautiful. Yeah. I don't like that name. Did anybody think that the song that plays in, which is I'm Not Sleeping by the Nowhere Blossoms, sounds just like the Bare Naked Ladies? I I thought it was B&L. Me too. As Billy continues to go down his laundry list of dating advice, he probably learned while reading self-help books from the famed early 2000s VH1 pickup artist, Mystery, Dawson sees a girl wearing a movie t-shirt and jumps on the opportunity, making a fool of himself by simply being Dawson Leary. As Pacey fails elsewhere, Dawson manages to charm the movie maiden, and she introduces herself (laughs) as Nina, and Dawson admits her movie shirt is what grabbed his attention. Okay, the little two-finger tap on the shoulder that Dawson yeah. does when he walks up to Nina is so... It's like a little kid, like, at school. Oh, will you be my friend? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought it was... It just... Yeah. It, it, it just asking, showed his age. Like, he has, he has no idea how to approach a woman at a bar. Yeah, it was like he was asking her if he could go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, anyone Walking Dead fans yes. out there? Okay, this is for our Walking theory. Dead listeners. Um, this is this actress is Melissa McBride. She plays Carol in The Walking Dead. Yeah, love this actress. Yeah, I Whoa. have some Nina. thoughts here. I'd like to propose. <laughs> so you just said she plays Carol. I actually think Uh-oh. that Nina is Carol, Carol <laughs> from The yes. Walking Dead. All right, yes. because look, in a, in a couple scenes here, we're gonna hear Carol. Sorry, Nina. They're one of the same. Unload her baggage around um, hooking up with people at the bar, with relationships, and with kind of like she has no faith in men. Dawson mm-hmm. restores her faith in men. She gives her his number and says, hey, call me if your girlfriend doesn't work out. I think what happens is Dawson never calls her, right? It breaks her heart. She had her faith in men restored by this 
boy. He's not a man. <laughs> by this boy. And when he never calls her, she's like, fuck it. She goes on a bender. She gets all sorts of in, in all sorts of trouble. And she eventually gets pregnant by a man that she facilitated a sexual encounter with after a night in the bar. And she decides, I got to straighten out my act. I'm going to go by my birth name, Carol. I'm going to move <laughs> to the South and raise my child, Sophia, I'm pretty sure is that child's name. And then <laughs> yeah. what happens? The Zambos come and they start <laughs> eating and they eat everybody. And Carol is now alone. Those hair beads, though. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. That was a big part of my theory. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like, did you ever? No. Have, okay. Because I remember like hair, hair wraps were big and like I had a, a thing that right, like, like little braids or little braids. And like I had a thing that like twisted yes, around the, the hair. Kind of like friendship bracelet, like the, the mm. yarn or the string that you could do that around your hair. Yes. That kind that, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a few different things, but I never saw beads no, like that. Not like what, like big bulky wooden beads. Yeah. But like she was like on her way to a hacky sack tournament. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. She just looked so much older than yes. like uh -huh. a college student. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is no knock on Melissa McBride. She's a beautiful woman, but it did not work in yeah. this For moment. a college co-ed bar. Yes. Yeah. No. She no. looks, I mean, she looked like a working woman who's like yes. there after her shift at work. And then this, especially when Dawson is then like, mommy, can I have a glass of milk, please? <laughs> like it just does not work. <laughs> yeah, also, I'm really God. shocked by the, they could have casted anyone in this role. Yeah. I wonder yeah. why they went with her. I mean, she's a really good actor. Like, yeah, and, they, right? and she yes. had, I mean, I don't know if she had good chemistry with Dawson himself, but she played the role well. Oh, yeah. She was yeah. fun. She yeah. knew, she was able to talk uh, convincingly as a film fan, which mm -hmm. I think is really probably what they booked her for. Yeah. Like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, you can match Dawson's enthusiasm for film convincingly. Yeah. Did you guys catch Pacey's pickup line there? That was that being the drummer from Gold. The drummer from Pearl Jam <laughs> yeah. and the this, the response. I would yeah, I captured the response. This is probably my favorite moment in Dawson's Creek so far. So <laughs> Pacey it. walks up to this girl at the bar and he says, "I'm the drummer from Pearl Jam, you," which is the worst pickup line I've ever heard in my life. Worked for me with Stella. <laughs> oh wow! I was gonna say, did this work for you, Stella? But uh, this is her response to that. Hey there. I'm the drummer for Pearl Jam, you. You're dumber than who? <laughs> <laughs> I love so that. good. <laughs> I mean, do you think she's fucking with him? Like, did, did she hear him and she's just trying to get him to go away? Or is she, did she really think that she was like, oh, you're dumber than who? <laughs> I think she's fucking with him. Yeah. I think she's like, why, did, why is this 15 year old in a bar talking to me? Why are you wearing your dad's bowling shirt? Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> So did anybody get this joke? I had to like. Well, it just sounded like he said Dum drummer, drummer, that. Okay, or was there, is there, is there something behind it? There, I think there's something oh, behind okay. it, which we don't get in <laughs> okay. today's context that we would have gotten in 1998 context, which is why I'm bringing it up now. So mm -hmm. Pearl Jam is the band that he mentions. I'm the drummer for Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, their first like major release is 91. It's 98 in this time. Between 91 and 98, they had five different drummers. And in 1998, they got their current drummer, Matt Cameron, and it was kind of like a big deal that they got this new, another new drummer. So my guess is Pacey is playing into this joke of how Pearl Jam has this right. rotating oh, door totally. of drummers, and hey, I'm the new drummer. Oh, uh, okay. That's but really fun. That, that's yeah, a, that's, that's cool. That's a nice little cool. detail that is totally lost totally. in today's day and age. So he knew about this. Yeah. He His looks, character knows this, yeah. 
if you Google, Google pictures of Matt Cameron, the drummer that I'm referencing, who started in 98 for Pearl Jam, there's really no resemblance to Joshua Jackson or Pacey <laughs> in 1998, aside from the fact that they're both white men with short hair. He's like a tiny skinny man, right? Yes, I, he's if, fairly stringy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was a fun little little detail. And like I said, it made me think. Smart. I'm glad you researched that. That was really funny. Yeah, that's oh. cool. Speaking of pickup lines, uh, <laughs> I'm, I feel bad for Nina mm. because she automatically has to explain that she'll be out of here if anyone yeah. gives her the Columbus pickup line. Yikes. Yep. So, Foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Poor Nina. Yeah, poor Nina. The, I'd early, earlier talked about how much I like the cinematography of this episode and the, the way the shot opens while it tracks through the entire bar, I thought was, uh, even though it's like, I feel like the intention behind it is really gross, but I thought it was a really great way to show everyone in mm. the bar, which forces the audience to think like, oh, well, who is Dawson going to go for if the right. entire conversation has been about like, oh, who are you checking out? Who are you checking out? Now as an audience, you're like, who is Dawson going to check out? Yeah. Like, so, but I thought it was like a really unique way to do that because- Makes your wheels turn a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you're watching. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was curious who Dawson was going to go for in this I, club. They actually you know? stopped it for a moment, or they slowed down for a moment at Nina. Yeah, and I, yeah. I noticed her, so it's it's cool that they her shirt you know, says film. Threat. Yes, mm-hmm. do you, I researched this? Oh, Cody, do you know? Tell. Okay, company? yeah. Please. So film threat. I found the website online, but I looked at their about page because I wanted to know the history. Because if there's a website now, like the 90s, yeah. you know, so. Um, So it began in 1985 as a Xeroxed fanzine. Um, Mm -hmm. It was Mm. started by some students at Wayne State University in Detroit. It was uh, in support of indie filmmakers um, and speaking truth to the entertainment industry Mm. and supporting like uh, festival film festivals and indie filmmakers. Uh, And apparently they earned their reputations as disruptors by playing pranks on their film department. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, apparently they they turned into a fully printed magazine in the 90s, um, but stopped printing in 97. But they had already launched a website in 96. So that now that's what it is today. They have the website and they have an Instagram and they do the same things now, I guess. Shout out Film Threat. Yeah. That's so fun. So, I wonder if Dawson knew what I it wonder. was or if he was just like, film. Yeah. Cool. I, I know. I wish I've, that we got into that just a yeah, little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like they could have easily just had a thrown away line where he's like, he's like, oh, do you get the latest zine or something? Exactly. Like that? Yeah. 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 Or like, oh, I don't know. Something like, I love the piece they did on <laughs> Steven Spielberg. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> I thought the review for The Lost World Jurassic Park was a little <laughs> overblown. I thought it was a perfect film. While Jen finishes up her palms are sweaty grandma spaghetti dinner, (laughs) Joey raps against the window like a vampire begging to be let in. She spills the beans about wanting to drop the pregnancy rumor, but Jen doesn't want her as Warren hasn't got in as much deserved flack yet. Joey twists this around saying Jen doesn't care about Joey, but instead is using this as an opportunity to get back at men in general. Jen drops a truth bomb that Joey is scared to death now that Dawson's single and Joey no longer has an excuse to blame someone for keeping Dawson from her and Joey leaves. I'm glad you reminded me of this because I did think this was a strange thing and it Mm -hmm. sparked my memory because I was joking about how maybe the vampirism passed from Bessie to Joey Mm. after the childbirth or that potentially Joey was a vampire all along. So I'm not ready to commit to it, but that's a damn good point, (laughs) Cody. Uh, Anyone notice that Jen was eating pasta and drinking milk? Yes. 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 God, this show (laughs) and milk. 
Yeah, I mean, when when Stella and I were watching this, I you know my eyes were fixated on the screen, but then I I just I, I just heard this horrible sound. I was like, yum 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 yum, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And I turned to my left, and I just see Stella salivating goo all down her shirt, and she she just saw that empty glass of milk and just, oh, mommy want milk. <laughs> That's disgusting. Uh, well, that's which, what you did. That's okay. Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> wait, did she have a glass? Because I just saw the carton. So no, I thought it was a glass was, okay. that was empty with the carton, and I then think she was dipping her bread in the in the pasta. <laughs> like, she's probably pouring that milk in her. Pasta. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. cereal for her. It's yeah. funny, you, uh, listeners. You just heard Stella trying to pretend to be a no- yeah. normal person and think that's gross. <laughs> when in reality, I've seen her just like a kitty cat take out a tiny little plate and pour milk on it, and then wait for it to become uh, room temp, Ew. and then just slam her face into it. <laughs> Go, <"Nyum." laughs> Not true. She does have a milk mustache right now. <laughs> it is disturbing. For a while, I just thought she had just a white mustache. <laughs> okay. Did you get the Miss Tingle? Yes. Okay. Um, oh, the the audio. No. Oh, dang. So yeah, Joey calls her Miss Tingle. And, (laughs) but this is the only time we hear in the whole episode. Yeah. She's called Miss Tingle. So I don't know. I was like, is this just like a a mistake and they didn't catch it? Like, did they film it before they filmed? Oh yeah. um, Detention. Possibly. Yeah. That's actually a good point. Maybe this is before then. Yeah. I think they would have like redone the scene. You'd think. Production's fast. Yeah. They probably didn't even catch it. Or if they did, maybe. they were like, fuck it. Or yeah. maybe she they were trying to be, you know, because like teenagers make all sorts of jokes on their teachers' names. And maybe it's more of a delivery thing. And Joey actually was trying to say like Mrs. Tinkle. But mm. that K got softened in the delivery and it sounds like mm. tingle. But she's, you know what I mean? Like that, I don't know. We're, we're now like in total fan theory mode, which is my bag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a little bit, Strange, because I swear to God, it's been Mrs. Tringle yes. at every oh, yeah. moment until now. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's another one. Mm. Maybe they're twins. Mm. Old gangers. Uh, oh. How's Gramps doing? Dead. Dead as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they'll ever mention him again. We should, yeah, we should start having like a an internet Days poll or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. or, no, but like, what do you think they'll mention first? Gramps or um, the movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Will yeah. anything ever come Listeners, out? Listeners, write us. If you haven't seen the show, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, any thoughts on the, like the jo- conversation between yeah, Jen and Joey's Joey? still trying to create this conflict when Jen's just trying to be nice. Joey keeps bringing back to this like conflict between them and can't get over it. She can't get over it, yeah. Even when she's ostensibly one and they've broken up, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like It grinds my gears that we have to have this conflict in this episode, especially when it leads to nothing. This yeah. It's squashed within two scenes. So yeah. why yeah. was this necessary? I guess just to keep you hung on for that commercial right. break. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's to add those that tension. And I think mm-hmm. it's also to justify the product placement of the Brayers ice cream that they're then eating <laughs> in the in the scene when they're in, on the, I think it's Brayers, in the mud, in the mud yeah. room. Yeah, I, I was um, annoyed with Joey deciding to uh, choose violence in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> choose hate. <laughs> she chooses to hate she you now. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to go choose violence and take a commercial break. So we will see you on the other side. Ah. Hey, you creek freaks. Stella here. Did you know the number one way you can help us grow is by telling your friends about the show? 
New shows like ours thrive on the power of word of mouth, which is why I'm here now asking you to please tell a friend about Freaks and Creeks. They don't even need to watch Dawson's Creek. It sure didn't stop us. Thanks for listening and for sharing the good word. Now back to the episode. (laughs) And we're back. Back at the pool room, Dawson and Nina debate the merits of Spielberg as an artist until Billy shows up, mocking Dawson and advancing on Nina. Nina, in turn, invites Dawson to leave with her. Outside, things get awkward as Dawson has the realization that Bone Town is an actual, tangible possibility and admits that he's just been dumped and his friends are trying to get him laid. Nina still insists on a sleepover, but Dawson declines, citing his still relevant feelings for Jen. But still, our titular hero goes in for a smooch, and she accepts. As she leaves, she asks him to call him, call her sometime, leaving the door open of a possibility that one day Dawson will marry Nina? One day we'll find out. <laughs> Billy's an asshole. Here's proof. Are you in film school? Hey, Dawson, they got that uh, chocolate milk you ordered up at the bar there. <laughs> more milk. <laughs> oh, yeah, more milk. Wait, I have, now I have a question for Stella. Do you like chocolate milk as much as you like regular milk? Here's the thing. I mean, I don't love milk. I just like it. <laughs> Bull fucking shit. <laughs> I just like it in specific situations where I feel like it complements a sweet treat and it feels like cookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels like, like thirst quenching. I don't think hmm. I would ever describe milk as thirst quenching. <laughs> no. I, I definitely agree with you. Sometimes milk and cookies. Yes. Yeah, milk yeah. and Oreos specifically. I was that kid who would just drop an Oreo in the milk and then just fish <laughs> oh it out later. Oh my God. Yes, how long? So how long? La- how much later? <laughs> how much days, later? Three, four, maybe a week. So then it's Oreo milk. You could it's just like drink it. Oreo curdles. Yeah. <laughs> like a chunky. I might vomit. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I'm not like a big chocolate milk person, but there, there is, I think I've gotten this t- for you before. Um, I think it's called Gary's Milk. They have it at New Seasons, New Seasons, and maybe other places. And it's in like a glass jar. Is it a man mm. milk? Man milk? Yeah, is it man milk? Yeah, gummies. <laughs> but they make a chocolate milk, and it's mm. so good. Mm. I've definitely got it for you before, but you don't remember. It's okay. That <laughs> chocolate milk is bomb. It's a fun like treat every once in a mm-hmm. while. But you know, it's like you can't drink too much of it because it's like kind of a little too much. Rich. Yeah, because it's milk. Can I can I can I unburden myself with you? I'm safe, right? Let's hear it. We're in a safe space. There's nobody listening to this, right? <laughs> cool. Um, well, my cat is currently going crazy on the floor, chewing a cable tie. We'll just ignore that. But um, okay, so when I was a kid, this is related to chocolate milk. I oh, love no. chocolate milk when I was a kid, but interestingly, I didn't really like drinking chocolate milk as much as I loved smelling chocolate milk. <laughs> Weird. Yes. So good. This is. Yeah. Hey, I know. I know. I don't know. Do you? Oh, James has told me this. Story. I know this. Story. I think you yeah. told me that this story exists, but I don't know if I know it. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear so it. <laughs> when I was a kid, and I'm talking probably between the ages of like four and eight ish, um, I had blankets, as all small children do, right? You've got your baby mm-hmm. blanket. You've got your childhood blanket. What I like to do with my blanket, however, was dip it into chocolate milk. And then let it dry in the sun 
over, you know, a couple hours or days or something. And so my blankets would have all these little chocolate milk spots <laughs> on them. And then what I would do is I would twist that baby up like a, like a little Q-tip, you know, as thin as I could get it, as long as I could get it. And I would jam that thing up my nose. What? Yeah, baby. <laughs> One nostril had my chocolate milk blanket as far up there what as the I could fuck? possibly Jeez. get it because I loved the smell of chocolate milk, which I now know is spoiled chocolate <laughs> was milk. It sour chocolate? Oh, it was so sour and like barely chocolatey at all. But I, there are, there are definitely are pictures of me with just a blanket shoved up my nose. Please send. If I can find them, I will definitely uh, send them. We'll post them online. Um, but it's my deepest shame and greatest accomplishment. All can you add once. that to your uh, Dawson Halloween costume? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and a I, blanket with chocolate milk. I want to know, like, it's, how did that begin? How did you discover? God, I would like, love to know. Yeah. It's so funny that you did that with chocolate milk because Stella does that with regular milk. <laughs> All the time. Uh, right now. Oh, thank that you for letting me get that off my chest. so specific. It is incredibly mm-hmm. specific. I forgot about it for a long time. And then probably like 12 or 13, I was cleaning out my, you know, your parents make you clean your room. Fucking parents. God, they suck. Oh, no. Did you find a blanket? <laughs> I found one. Ew. And... It still smelled good. Oh, <laughs> did you shove it up for? I think I don't think oh. I stuck it all the way up there, but I definitely gave it a little, little <laughs> yeah. sniff. You did know. your Did your parents know what was going on? Oh yeah, and they were like, "Oh, James." They would occasionally take my blankets <laughs> and put them in the dishwasher to clean them. The I don't dishwasher? know why it wasn't the washing machine, but they would put it in the dishwasher. What kind of Doctor Seuss house to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> so they would occasionally do it, and then I would get very upset at them because oh, those yeah. were my special blankets with my special smell. <laughs> So if anybody well, wants to get me a gift, please get me a spoiled chocolate milk scented candle. <laughs> Mal will love it. <laughs> I do like chocolate. It was just your birthday. <laughs> yeah, it was. If anybody wants to, I'm all I'm all for it. I'm imagining it's your birthday. You come home and there's um, Mal put some like rose petals on the <laughs> ground, and you're just like, "Ooh, what what sexy fun thing is this going to be?" And you go into the bedroom, and Mal has dipped her body in chocolate milk and sat in out in the sun clothes. all day. Yeah, <laughs> the sopping with a, with wet a blanket. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's a little bit about me. <laughs> um. Okay, so we're still at the bar, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Billy is like Billy's chocolate, chocolate milk. milk line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the Spielberg commentary, right? Yeah. 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 With, with the chocolate milk thing first, I want to talk about <laughs> this because um, do we think Billy is actually trying to interject and get with Nina or is this his like wingman move mm-hmm. yeah. to get them out? I wondered I would, that as well. Same. It's kind of hard to tell. He gives him like a, it, like a finger yeah, gun. Yeah, like after kind of though. Yeah. So uh, was that an afterthought? Like, oh, like... Mm-hmm. There you go, bud. Or I really wonder because there's no way yeah. that Billy would know that Nina would respond that way to yeah. that. Like that seems like Billy's move mm-hmm. yeah. is to be like smarmy, snar- like snarky guy. I guess. I mean, like we later on, like no, like Dawson figures it out that right. this is just his ploy to if Dawson gets with her, he can get back with Jen. But is in his mind, is this a win-win? It's like. If she's into it, then I get to sleep with this right. person. And if not, then Dawson sleeps with her and then mm-hmm. I get Jen. I guess that is, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that Billy's probably like, if I can take away something that Dawson likes, then that's going to make me feel better. And then if when it backfires, he's like, just doing you a favor, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we should all live our lives like Billy, like figure out a win-win situation in all kind of events. I always come out on top. 
So that Spielberg commentary, Cody, did you capture it? I really wish I did, but I didn't. The only thing I were on, no, I didn't capture anything related to the. Good thing I wrote down the entire dialogue. (laughs) Oh, thank God. Yes. You want to act it out together? Oh, do you have the dialogue too? No. Okay. Then (laughs) you can just make it up. I think you'd probably (laughs) get it pretty close. I hope Nina has a letterbox. Uh, (laughs) Nina says, Scorsese, Kubrick. Those are directors. I can't believe you're a Spielberg fan. The guy makes slick fairy tales. Dawson says, movies by nature are escapist. If you want reality, look out a window. Nina, uh, come on, he's a schlockmeister. Dawson, whose movies have done a a billion dollars of box office. Nina says, I can't believe you're equating mainstream popularity with artistic merit. By that logic, we should be studying Ace Ventura (laughs) in film school. Yeah. Cody, yeah. is this when you came in your pants watching this, this episode? <laughs> no, actually, I, I've never, I would never want to date a film bro. Like, that would drive me absolutely nuts because movies are just like a hobby for yeah. me. And I mean, like, I, I write too, but it's like, I, that, that yeah. would be boring. I would never want to hang out with myself. What's the, is it Mark Twain that said I, I would never join a club that had me as a member? Sure. Or whoever yeah. said that. Uh, don't tweet me. Uh, but like, yeah, like for me, that would make me want to die. Um, but as a friend, Nina, that'd be really fun. She seems cool. She does seem mm-hmm. cool. She can hold her own. And I like, I definitely appreciate her perspective here. And I love that she calls him out like, oh, so we're equating box office success with, with artistic merit. Like, are you fucking serious, dude? Yeah. Listen to yourself. <laughs> also, Scorsese and Kubrick have made a lot of very fantastical, like amount of movies. I mean, Kubrick made 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. escapist as hell. So yeah. what the fuck yeah. is Dawson? He's what a just... ding dong. You know, he's just an idiot. <laughs> I like that she called him a schlockmeister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still is to this day. Can we talk about their little moment outside? Yeah. Is that jumping ahead? That's the next scene, right? No, they went outside. Okay. Yeah, no. okay. I thought so. so 23, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I loved Dawson, or when Nina's like, well, I mean, you're a Spielberg fan. How much danger could I be yeah. in? Like, <laughs> yeah. Very true. You have no idea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you let Dawson into your house, you got no idea what could happen here. He's an android. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering. I mean, she's okay. So, like, she she's an attractive woman that seems really cool and smart. Why is she desperate to get with fucking a 15 year old Dawson out of all people? <laughs> she's Miss Jacobs 2.0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So this is where she says this this line about carding. I actually capped it. Let's just take a listen to it. I'm glad that I have this because it's. I feel like this is representative of the show. <laughs> well, hurry up! Come on before I start listening to that little voice in my head telling me I should card you. <laughs> Jesus <Hey>. Christ. <laughs> You can't. Uh, you can't. I really hope that character is supposed to be 18. Uh, I mean, look at the rest yeah. of the cast. Like, they're, what, like in their mid-20s and they're playing 15-year-olds? Yeah. So, yeah. Let's just hope. This is another moment, though, where I'm, we're going back and forth between Cape Side, in school. It's the, it's the career mm-hmm. fair. It's like the afternoon. But then in this moment where they're outside of the club, it's like dark as fuck. Is yeah. it not? Yeah. So I think the college fair is, it's an evening fair. Yeah, that was my it, impression. Yeah, it's like after dinner because Jen had dinner and then mm-hmm. they went to the fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I I guess you're probably right because college... But uh, they usually happen at, you know, I happen felt at like night. they happened like lunchtime at my school. Oh. But who knows? I, I felt like the, the timing in this episode was just so hard to understand. Mm-hmm. As we've talked different. about multiple yeah. times in this show, it's just yeah. like, who knows when any of this stuff is supposed to be happening, how long these episodes really span, all that kind of stuff. But this is where it really hit me over the head trying to think if so let's just say then it's october november and the sun sets yeah. at four thirty-five o'clock then mm. maybe this club scene is happening at 
Six. Yeah. Yeah, and then the college fair is happening, and then they afterward they they're yeah. having an ice cream thing on the porch, and it's dark. That's like night night, you know. Did night, anyone night, see night, how night. long it would take? Look up like bus tickets from Providence, Rhode Island to whatever mm-hmm. town, Massachusetts. Like we could probably guess idea. where it might be. I wonder how long. Yeah, it would I wonder because Dawson comes home in the morning, yeah, early hours. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Back at the college fair, Abby informs Jen that the rumor has evolved due to another student's knowledge of Warren's soft PP during boom boom time, <laughs> which now makes Joey look desperate for attention in the eyes of her peers. Jen races to tell Joey, who smiles exuberantly with the news. <laughs> what do you think Michelle Williams told I really Katie Holmes know. in this moment? Because that seemed like that an was, authentic reaction. It was so to me. good, so good. Her eyes, like realizing what Jen's yeah. saying, <laughs> so good. Really lit up. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I just thought that was such a charming little interaction yeah, they had. Yeah. And again, like if we didn't have that scene where they fought, like it this would have still flowed perfectly fine yeah. without mm-hmm. that interaction. Yeah. Like this doesn't even seem like they fought at all. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, I was worried that this was going to go a different way when Abby approaches Jen about this and she's like that fucking lying bitch is talking about war and mm-hmm. it's not I was like is this going to turn into even worse for yeah. Joey? Joey? Yeah. Dawson heads back to the bar to meet with Pacey and Billy, who, of course, accost Dawson for failing to, quote-unquote, seal the deal. Dawson's brain gears begin to finally turn, allowing him to realize and exclaim Billy's hidden agenda. If Dawson sleeps with someone else, then it would make Jen possibly turn to Billy for comfort. He tells Billy off, who in turn ditches the boys at the bar. Billy gets so dark here. Yeah, Like, I was pretty scared that, you know... It's like a... 180 there. Yeah. The real Billy emerges. If you look closely in this scene, you can see that Dawson has smeared lipstick on his Mm -hmm, lips the entire, during the entire scene. So that was cool with the the makeup department. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I wonder if this will be the last of Billy because he was supposed to go back to New York and then he didn't. Walk in here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm swinging here. (laughs) So yeah, I wonder if this will be, yeah, this will be it for him. I hope not. I like him. I mean, he's an asshole and total scumbag, but I like him. There's something about Billy that I like. He's like brings a chaos element yeah. to the boys yeah. that they don't have. You know, we've got Abby for the, the, the it's women. Abby for the girls, yeah. Billy for mm-hmm. the boys. Exactly. I'm team Billy. In the hallways of an empty Capeside High, Joey tells Warren she knows about that soft pee-pee and uses it as leverage to uh, uses it to leverage power to squash the rumor. Warren says that his true intentions that morning were to sincerely take Joey out on a date. And thank fucking God, Joey turns him down with the very sassy remark of, yeah, sure, just pick me up after my lobotomy. Sure, um, yeah, uh, just to pick me up after my lobotomy. Yeah, Joey. Go, yeah. Joey. Snaps. Yeah. It's weird that, like, when she walks away too, Warren still has kind of, like, a sexy face. Yeah. He's fuckable. <laughs> I'm glad that she didn't. All I can say is I'm like you said, I'm so glad that she didn't fall for it because there was a moment there where I was like, this could work. Yeah. It sucks that this is the type yeah. of show where you could see that actually happening yeah. mm-hmm. because all of the women just are like sympathy farms for the men in the show. They're just like, Oh, you've got a sob story. That's cute. Yeah. I think so mm-hmm. far in the show, we've only gotten one episode that has been credited to a woman writing the script. Yeah. And it was still even like a writing team too with right. a guy. I, I'm really excited for when the show does have a turn and they start having more women writers on the show to. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. That would be nice. 
As Dawson and Pacey wait in the pouring rain at an uncovered bus stop, <laughs> Pacey inquires about Dawson's sexcapades and if they helped get him over Jen. Dawson plays coy, but Pacey's keen eye points out the lipstick remnants of a smooch, bringing the boys to eruptuous giggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Fucking smoochster. <laughs> the bench that they were sitting on has an ad for finding love, like a love hotline. I don't know oh, if you guys noticed that. Yeah. Fun. That's so fun. <laughs> it was funny. I love the neon girls, girls yeah. sign. <laughs> I've always wanted one of those in our house. <laughs> this was, um, I love the little, you know, when Pacey calls out the lipstick on his face and he's got his like, he's so pleased with himself for catching it. <laughs> his little chuckle that he lets out. <laughs> yeah. It's just cute. They're, I'm glad that Pacey has vindicated himself just a little bit because it feels nice to be able to enjoy these moments between Dawson Totally. And somebody else. Because you definitely can't enjoy these moments for Dawson. It's got to be somebody <laughs> else to bring that around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just felt like Pacey was kind of like a fun little sidekick throughout this episode. And yeah. like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It was fun to just like watch him like have fun with Dawson and be a little supportive friend. And yeah, it was cute. Yeah, I'm really... I'm really excited for when his character... I mean, he's already developed so much since we got rid of Tammy. But now I've... I'm really hoping that his trajectory is to get him past being under the, like yeah. he's the Robin to Dawson's Batman. I want him to have his own story and yeah. stuff that's just like not involving Dawson. I, just, I want all these characters to move away from Dawson yeah. and just yeah. have their own lives. It's shocking to me that Pacey is one of the principal characters and he's featured in just about every single episode in some way, whether he's a small part of a, of a storyline or if he's like the B story. He's He's been every episode just about. And we still haven't seen a single second of his daily life. We haven't yeah, been to his weird. house. We haven't, we've met his brother, purely by happenstance, but we, it's just so bizarre to me. Yeah. It's weird that both Joey and Jen, like we know all about their family yeah. dynamics and everything. All we know about him is that everyone in his family are cops. Yeah. That they <laughs> all never not be funny. Yeah. Yeah. While Jen reads a book by candlelight on her porch, Joey, once again, like a creature of the night, raps <laughs> against the screen door to be let in. She brings with her an ice cream peace treaty and discusses the dissolving rumor. Jen asks if they can keep Dawson getting from between them, and Joey agrees. At this point, Jen insinuates that Dawson may just be in love with Joey and not her. And then they dunk on Dawson visiting a brothel. I hated this this scene, and then I hate the scene that follows it even more. These two scenes, <laughs> literally, I take like two stars off of my rating just for these two scenes. I hate them that much. Yeah. It really annoys me. This felt like such an unnecessary epilogue because all they talk about is just what just happened. Yep. It's yeah. like the worst exposition for stuff we already know, so there's no reason for it to exist other than being like, mm, who does Dawson love? Yeah. <laughs> well, Joey does seem surprised when Jen makes that comment about Definitely. like him, like Dawson being mm -hmm. in love with one of them. Yeah. Something I find even more unbelievable than all of this is Jen is reading by candlelight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What are we doing? Your eyes, you gotta protect them. Young people shit. Right. Yeah. You know, I used to read at night on my bed with just like the nightlight besides my bed. And I Damn. remember that being enough to read by now. I'm like 600 years old. And <laughs> even in the full sunlight, I'm like, I can't see shit. That's why I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I have my eyes. I have sensitive little blue peepers and <laughs> I need to have like the biggest light behind my head or else I can't. Like I'll be sitting on the couch and if there's a shadow that's like forming yeah. around mm -hmm. the light, I'm like, fuck it, I can't do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> Also, what book do you think she was reading? I, I was, was trying to pick. Too, yeah. Yeah. It kind of looks like the copy that I have of Frank Herbert's Dune. Oh. Yeah. Like, is Jenna a little weird sci-fi mm. head? I know she lit seven candles. Yes. Ooh. That means anything. 
<laughs> the work that she went through to go have that moment on the porch by herself. Yeah, seven candles, blanket. Yeah, know, big book. It, lo- it does. It does look cozy. It looks super cozy. <laughs> I would never put that much work into reading for twenty minutes. <laughs> no, and you know crazy. there's a light out there. Just yeah. turn that fucking light on. No light on after nine o'clock. You know, oh. <laughs> it'll attract the vampires. See, <laughs> Gramps is sleeping. <laughs> or dead. Yeah, Gramps. <laughs> As all great works of literary fiction, the final sequence bookends this episode with Savage Gardens truly madly deeply. <laughs> the morning sun has risen, and Dawson finally makes his way back to his bedroom where Joey awaits for him. In their cute riffing way, Joey and Dawson riff on Dawson's supposed sexual awakening. However, the riffing is kept vague enough to where Joey does not know if anything truly happened. Truly, madly, deeply. As Dawson proclaims that he's happy he hadn't thought of Jen in the last 24 hours and turns to sleep, Joey tucks him in like a toddler and proclaims out loud, (laughs) yeah, I can wait. Excuse me? this show. Couple things. Um, (laughs) One, when Dawson comes in, um, he is wearing a red sweater and blue jeans. Joey's also wearing Mm -hmm. a red shirt and blue jeans. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Um. And, oh, yeah, one of the things she says is, I boffed Capeside starting fullback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got pregnant or something? Yeah. Got knocked up or got, something? And got knocked up. Boffed? I mean, I'm assuming that just means fucked, but, yeah. like, I've ne- that's never one of those boffed. words. Never heard, never heard it. it. No. Capeside and it's cool 90s slang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boffed, puke. <laughs> and then, um, did his parents care where he was all night he was just gone all night and yeah. no one yeah I mean, we've talked about his parents they don't give a shit about him <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they got their own stuff going on <laughs> That's yeah true. but uh this is I, I really like this little interaction dawson has as he walks into the room and joey asks how things went did you get everything you went there for uh, that was a non-stop sex machine joey <laughs> <laughs> yeah non-stop sex machine cool <laughs> I love it because he doesn't know that Billy had shared this rumor, that th- this lie that they're going to a brothel. So in his mind, he's being jokey and funny. Like, yeah. I was a nonstop sex machine, Joey. You would have been proud of me. Because in his mind, he's like, I broke out of my shell. I, you know, talked to another woman. But in Joey's mind, she's like, you were at a brothel. You just <laughs> yeah. spent all night fucking. <laughs> like, uh, I think it's really, it's like a, it's a cool little writing moment there that, I appreciate it. Yeah, I think the miscommunication is really good, but I just hate how lazy it is that when she's like, so what happened? And he just goes, oh, Joey, I have so much to tell you, but I need to take a nap or yeah. whatever the fuck. It's like it was so stupidly convenient yes. to just keep this vague enough to keep us tuning in next week. Yeah. Also, she looks so sad in that that when the camera's pulling away, even yeah. though Dawson told her that he barely thought about Jen, she is still, you know... Well, she said Sad. because he's been getting his peeper wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. You know? And she, I don't really know. Like, she, I guess she wants that. I don't know. <laughs> well, so my take with this is she she was wearing lipstick in this scene, wasn't she? She was definitely dolled oh, up. Yeah. She was definitely dolled up. Yeah. yeah. And, and her shirt was, I don't think she's wearing a bra because her shirt was like definitely, you know, it looked like she kind of was like, okay, I'm going to look cute. Like, I thought so. So I thought it was like her taking yeah. in what she had talked about with Jen and she's like, maybe I should shoot my shot. Like, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's sad that, you know, because you, you know, like Wayne Gretzky and Michael Scott said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It's true. Uh, it's sad that she just like just dropped it as soon as he came in and was vague. Like, come on, just shake yeah. him a little bit. Yeah. Like, 
what, did you have sex at the brothel? And then right. he'd be like, no idea what you're talking yeah. about. And then they could kiss without it being a dare. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It was a strange ending. Um, Very weird. Strange episode in general, but definitely a strange ending that I did not appreciate. By three wishes, I would wish that every film, TV show, any kind of shot thing would end with truly madly deeply, and it does a dolly shot out of the window because that was beautiful. Look good. Mm-hmm. There's a cool, there's a beautiful sunset scene right before that too, right? Mm. Right before we go into the bedroom, there's yeah. like the sunset transitional, it's like shot. an yeah, orange yeah, sunset, cool. and it was it's gorgeous, yeah, gorgeous. Well, should we get into our ratings? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. James, it's all you. All right, I'll go first. Um, so, as you all know, I created a highly scientific rating system with multiple metrics in which to account for my personal enjoyment and rating of the episode. Um, I have plugged in my values and my rating for this episode (laughs) is a 2.5. Whoa! Yeah, which... I feel I, I have I have some feelings about this because I actually do enjoy this episode. I thought it was fun. I really enjoyed it all the way up until, like I said, those last two scenes. If you took those last two scenes away, I'd probably be giving this episode closer to a four. But all things considered, I love that we get to see these relationships expanded a little bit. I love that we get to see the world expanded a little bit. And I like that we're seeing these characters develop ever so slightly. Um, I'm going to give it a three. I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. I, there were some good friendship developments. Um, other than that, I don't know. I, it's just, it was like, man, it was okay. Um, there was some good, like Cody was saying, there's some good cinematography, like some different unique shots. Um, but I don't know. There wasn't a lot of good music, like not, not a ton of good fashion, <laughs> which, you know, I always love to mm-hmm. see, but um, yeah, three. Yeah. I also am giving it a three. You know, it, this episode did feel different in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways that we see kind of like the boys doing their thing, the girls doing their thing and those like friendships kind of growing, I guess. So I enjoyed that. But yeah, overall just kind of wasn't super exciting. Uh, You know, it's, it's really confusing to me because before we started the show, I thought this was going to be more of like a melodrama relationship show that would be like, I always associated it with having like a, like a women audience and Uh, more feminine and it's shocking to me that while I watch episode by episode Dawson is more of a blank slate character that men are kind of like putting themselves into so we can like experience life through his eyes and grow with him as his character develops that was a weird cat sound yeah Uh, (laughs) Um, I agree kitty cat uh it's just like so bizarre to me because then they also do have like those relationship dynamics, but then again, they all just form around Dawson. It's like the total male gaze and male wishful thinking of being like, well, I am the main character in my own story and women only talk about me or think about me. It's very fantastical, especially coming from a gay man that wrote this show. You would think Mm -hmm. that it'd be way different, Um, but it's not. It's very, very strange. What's your rating? Oh, well, yeah. So (laughs) going into this, I mean, uh, for my rating, two and a half. Uh, without any scientific metrics, <laughs> I would just say this episode is half good. That's how I'm viewing it. Um, really like the visual storytelling. I think that they actually like raised the bar with uh, the actual filmmaking. Uh, I think it looks very beautiful, much better than it has been before. I like some of the character beats that are happening with Dawson actually changing and growing and learning. 
I like Joey and Jen working together. The girl power stuff was really fun, but then again, they had to, yeah, girl power. Um, they had to slam in that fucking bullshit about Dawson and like how it has to relate to Dawson. Like we've already talked about and Bechdel test. They yeah, yeah. fail the Bechdel test at like every, every fucking time. opportunity. It's almost like they're trying to. I and, know. And it just sucks too because I want to see Dawson and Pacey grow as characters and it it's like, this isn't it, man. Like don't make it all about like them trying to sleep with people and that's how they're going to connect. Yeah. I really, I have a feeling that we're going to see a markedly different show once we get to season two. I feel like they're like scattergun approaching that they're, they're taking a scattergun approach to this yeah. show in season one where they're just like, let's throw as much at the wall to see what sticks. And I have a feeling that there's going to be a like a tonal shift as well as like everything else that you usually see with the second season. Better acting, better writing, better everything. But yeah, it, this episode feels very different than we've gotten a lot from a lot of the episodes. And I guess it does make sense because it is, as Pacey puts it, Dawson's evil twin episode where yeah. it's <laughs> supposed to be us exploring this darker side of Dawson. So I guess it makes sense, but still. I don't know if there are any other uh, Boy Meets World fans here, but uh, I really liked that show when I was younger. And recently, some of the cast have started a podcast, of, mm. of, like doing a rewatch of it. And I've, I've listened to the first several episodes they've done. And it's really great listening to an all cast perspective yeah. because hmm. they talk about how that show started. And that's also a show that was very, you know, of the 90s. And their perspective is so interesting because that first season of Boy Meets World, I don't know if you remember that compared to the rest of that show, but it's very kiddie, obviously, because the cast were younger. But also very different than how that show ends up being into like a regular sitcom and it's very weird. And so hearing their perspective of it, like the character that plays Sean Hunter, right or strong, he's like, yeah, I wasn't really the best friend character, even though he turns into that. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I was just at the school and they just put me in the cafeteria and those were my scenes. Like I didn't even know I was, Hmm. he's like, at that point I didn't know I was supposed to be the best friend. They were like kind of like doing tryouts with other characters. And then I landed it. The girl that plays Topanga, she was just like, I wasn't even in the show until the fourth episode and they didn't even know what to do with me and I wasn't even a regular until season three. Uh, so it's huh. like, we have to remember that with this show. Like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. This is going to mm. be a completely different show in a couple seasons and I'm very much looking yeah. forward to when yeah. that happens and we know what this show actually is. It's going to be interesting to compare, like, the end of season three, for example, yeah. you know, to the end of season one and just how far we've grown um, as a show and as viewers of the show because, yeah, it's it's... There's there's a lot in these shows, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Recommendation time, everybody. I will mm-hmm. go first. I have got a couple of recommendations for us. Um, there's a brand new video game that just came out uh, that a lot of people may not have heard about. Um, I was actually like probably like the first or second person to ever hear about it, and it's really cool that I get to share it with you guys today. Um, it's mm-hmm. called like Fortnite or something. <laughs> I don't really know. It's it's too too new. I think they might change that name. But um, check it out. It's this free-to-play game. It's available on just about everything. And uh, I feel like a little boy again because I am playing against nine-year-old children mostly. But it is probably the best gaming experience I've had in a very long time. Um, so everybody go check that out. It's free-to-play. It's easy. You'll enjoy it. It's fun. It's beautiful. You can be Indiana Jones. I mean, come on. It's the best. Um, I would also like to revisit a previous uh, recommendation. Uh, early on in the show, actually, Mallory mentioned Formula One and recommending it. And it's we're now like um, we're in round nine, I want to say, of the the twenty two round season for for twenty twenty two. 
It is arguably the best season of Formula One that I've watched. Granted, I've only seen three, but um, I think that makes me an expert. And (laughs) it's just so cool. The the new regulations, I won't go into too much more, but I would like to recommend if anybody has been considering getting into Formula One, but they just don't know where to start or they're intimidated by it. um, We have uh, an incredible podcast to listen to called Shift F1. Uh, You can go to their website, shiftf1.cool. I promise you that is a real website. They have a wonderful episode at the beginning of every season called their preseason primer where they tell you everything you need to know about the sport, the drivers, the teams, rules, regulations, everything. And then each week they do a race recap as well as a preview of the next race. It's an incredible way to get into the show. And they're also just really entertaining people. They know a lot about the sport, but they also break it down in a way that is very accessible and approachable for everybody. Um, Even if you've been watching the sport for a long time, or if you're absolutely a beginner and have nothing, no context, you'll still find some enjoyment out of the show. So Shift F1. And shout out to my friend Sarah, who recommended Shift F1 to us. Hey, Sarah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to recommend an Instagram account called Bodega Cats of Instagram. Has anyone heard of this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yay. Okay. So we didn't talk about New York City in this episode, so I've got to bring it. I've got to like roll it in here. So throughout New York City, there are corner stores. uh, The corner stores in New York City are known as bodegas. That's what they're called. Um, A lot of them have resident cats that live, just live there, you know. So there's an Instagram account called Bodega Cats of Instagram, and it's photos of cats amongst the shelves of all these bodegas, lounging on soda bottles, sleeping in like a cup of noodles box. So Just cute. living amongst like the product. It's adorable. You'll the, love it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like people of New York, but the cats yeah, of but bodegas. Cats of bodegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> okay. I am gonna recommend the HBO Max show The Staircase. Mm. Yes. Quite a good one. Um, I am only maybe halfway through at this point, but um it's been very enjoyable so far. Um I don't know. I mean, if you, it's interesting if you, I think either way, but I definitely am a true crime fan and know a bit about the case from. Do you want to get into what that case is? Yeah, I'm going to try and like break it down, not, you know, not in too much detail because it's, it's a long, long story. But basically, um, don't know what, uh, it was 2001. Um, Woman. Uh, Before or after 9-11? After. It was December of 2001. So, woman in North Carolina is found uh, at the bottom of a staircase, dead, lots of blood, tons Tons. and tons of blood. Um, Her husband calls 911, and he is then later accused of murdering her, um, and it was just a, a really long case that was kind of drawn out it was like popular because it was like so bizarre and he was also kind of like a public figure like he was a yeah, he was trying a to author, an author yeah yeah novelist and he was also running for city council right. um all these like things come out about like you know his sexuality and he had like taken out a life insurance policy on his wife and his uh, not his ex-wife, but like another woman was also found at the bottom of the staircase that he knew. And it's just yeah. like mm-hmm. all these things. Um, it's, it's really just interesting. And um, the, the series is, um, has Colin Firth as the main 
guy, Michael Peterson. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Tony Collette as the wife. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's great. Um, and it it's it's good. I mean, it's heavy. Yeah. The episodes are feel like pretty long at times, but um, so I'm making my way through it slowly. Sure. But it's it's really good, and there's also a documentary yeah. right. about I it. I actually yeah. thought that's what you're initially going to yeah. recommend. It's on Netflix, so, I think. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that documentary, came out a, right. a while ago. Yeah. There's also lots of like yeah. different podcast episodes about it. Mm. Um, so it's an interesting case to like just learn about in general, Definitely. and then if you yeah. want to like get a little bit more into it, mm-hmm. check out the show. That's cool. cool. I forgot yeah. that that came out because we watched the the Netflix docu series that mm-hmm. came out on that, and it was it's such an interesting case. Yeah. I'd love to watch that show and see yeah. it. Kind of is it dramatized or are they still like? So I was just talking to Cody about this the other night because it's like, I, there's it's hard to tell, sure. like because hmm. there's so much of it that is. I yeah. know is real. And then I, yeah. there are pieces where I don't know like how much they're, that's cool. You know, Atizing it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I don't, it, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I got two. Um, maybe they're both niche. Probably the first one is more than the other, uh, new album by, uh, uh, Singapore grindcore band, uh, worm rot called Hiss. Um, it's their first record in like six years and it's probably their best and most adventurous while simultaneously being like the most accessible, uh, their earlier stuff is a lot more just like classic uh, grindcore with like power violence heavy stuff like Napalm Death, but now their influences are wider. Uh, lots of death and black metal, even thrash, like screamo stuff too. It's really incredible. And uh, even though it sounds like a pretty different aesthetics, like they really do a great job of making it all sound just as one band and it all makes sense. So if you're into heavier stuff, it's uh, an extremely wild time. Also, the production is phenomenal on it. Their earlier stuff, it sounds a lot more lo-fi, like for a purpose, just to Mm. make it sound like a wall of sound and super chaotic. But this like feels very textured and warm and heavy and it's very cool. Also, very cool seeing bands from like Singapore doing this kind of music because usually you associate this genre kind of stuff with SoCal or... Yeah, just like white people. Yeah, yeah, so... Check out Wormrod. Also, the album cover is really cool. It's uh, it's like a painting of someone's head like popping out of the water. It's very spooky. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, another one is uh, just in general the movies of Kelly Reichardt. I've mentioned her frequently because she collaborates a lot with Michelle Williams. Uh, I had recently rewatched a few of her movies over the past several weeks, and she's just amazing. I had rewatched First Cow, which was one of my favorite movies of 2019, and her other one, Meeks Cutoff, that has Michelle Williams, and that's about a wagon train getting lost in the Willamette Valley. Um, I really liken her style to like Brisson and Tarkovsky and Ozu in that her films are very deliberately paced and slow and meditative. And there's just like something so unique about that aesthetic because I I think a lot of people will use slow as a negative description instead of what it really, it's a descriptor. And I think a really great way to like, if, if, if you are trying to challenge yourself and watch slower things and it's getting kind of hard, think of it in the way it's like, the way I think of it is, someone is trying to do as much as they possibly can with as less as possible. So with Kelly Reichardt, she loves minimal dialogue. The camera doesn't move a lot and it's very long takes. And the amount of emotion that she's able to convey with these still shots is just mind blowing stuff that someone like Spielberg would do where it would you right. know, be this like very stylized editing and the camera's like forcing you with the music and everything to feel emotions. Uh, she is allowing you to, capture those emotions uh, yourself as an audience uh let it happen and also just you know slow movies rule like let it wash over you it's cool nothing ha- has to happen for you to think 
thinking for yourself is better. And she does a great job of doing that. Yeah, I love Meek's Cutoff. Mal mm-hmm. made me watch that. that a little while back because I had never seen it before. I didn't know what it was. And of course, with us being here in Portland, Oregon, you know, that's basically our backyard. Um, and that movie is gorgeous. It is so beautiful. I love the long shots of nothing happening but the landscape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everybody knows the story of the Oregon Trail. But, uh, you know, the Meek's Cutoff story or, um, uh, oh, shit, the... Uh, the Donner Caravan um, under, oh shit, not under the banner of heaven. It's, um, oh shit, I'll think about it. But the stories, uh, th- like hearing firsthand, firsthand s- like stories about what it was like to actually make that crossing and leave everything behind and try to come to a place you've never seen before, you don't even know exists, and you're just putting all of your faith <laughs> in somebody who tells you you can get there. Yeah. Um, it's really spooky in a way that like uh, even a horror movie couldn't unsettle you the way that Meeks, uh, Meeks Crossing does. Yeah, yeah. It's also her aesthetic is, is so good for a story like that where you know, you're watching people survive and having a camera to sit there and stare at people that are just like quietly deteriorating is such a unique way of doing that instead of just hearing people just like feel tortured the entire time. Also, a lot of her movies, like just being from the Pacific Northwest, most if not all of her movies take place in Oregon, which is really cool. And except for certain women, I think that mostly takes place in Montana. But it's it's really cool seeing uh, our place yeah. where we mm-hmm. live being represented so well. And first cow also takes place in in Oregon, but from like a hundred years ago. And so it's like, hmm. the movie's really beautiful. Check it out. I was I just remember the thing that I was thinking of. It's called The Indifferent Stars Above. It's uh, oh, oh yeah, written by yeah. William Morrow. It is basically first hand accounts of people who were on in the Donner Party, the people yes. who got stuck up in Truckee Lake and eventually had to resort to cannibalism to survive. Um, it is that book is one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. It is so incredible and um, cool. Well, I think that means we are done this week. <laughs> so you know what? Can I can I read the for next week for the episode? Oh, sure. <laughs> Do it. Okay, so next week or ne- next episode. The episode season 1 episode 10 Modern Ram- Romance. Dawson arranges a double date with Jen and her new boyfriend. An extra credit assignment brings PC and Joey together. Ah. Oh. What's going to happen? Goody, goody. Oh. <laughs> Who's Jen's new boyfriend? Yeah, I can't wait. I really want to watch this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Yay. thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to our show. I bet you already are, but if you aren't, please do it. Join along with us as we continue to set sail week to week through the tumultuous waters of Dawson's Creek, one episode at a time. If you want more Freaks content, please go ahead and visit our website, freaksandcreeks.com, or you can find us on Instagram at freaksandcreekspod, or you know what? Why don't you go ahead and be the first people to write us an email? I'm tired of seeing the spam that we get. (laughs) I want you to email us. I don't care if it just says, hey, send us an email, please. The email is show at freaksandcreeks.com. And until next time, bye. 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 I'm so sorry. I forgot. Um, One last recommendation. There's this band called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I think you guys will love it. Go check it out. Bye. (laughs) 